Isn't it rich? Are we a pair? Me here at last on the ground And you in Send in the clowns. Hello and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt and this is a huge episode. Think you know what I mean. This is episode <laughs> 69, baby. <laughs> We've made it. We're officially... A podcast now. We can die now. We hit the greatest oh, milestone. never mind. We're just beginning. It's just smooth sailing. We're skyrocketing straight to the moon from here. Like Brad Pitt. Just like Brad Pitt. Does he go to the moon in that movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For a second. Okay, great. <laughs> On this week's episode, we are going to be discussing the new superhero, supervillain origin story featuring Joaquin Phoenix... As the titular character, Joker, as well as the new science fiction film starring Brad Pitt, Ad Astra. Should be plenty to talk about. I'm excited to get into it. But before we do, I would like to welcome my co-hosts, Travis. Thanks for being here. Yo, yo, yo. And Tom, back again, week two from his uh, parental leave. Hi, Matt. Hmm? You made it. Yeah. Well, we're at my house, so you're a special guest now. <laughs> <laughs> featuring, featuring Ludacris. So we uh, had a break week, just because of schedules. So it's been a little bit since we've recorded. It's been three weeks as opposed to two. Yeah. Uh, anything monumental or exciting happen in the interim between episodes? Lots of stuff. Oh yeah, fill, fill us in. What's going on, Travis? Well, first off, Apex season three is out. We were just talking about it before we hit record. Uh, pretty awesome new map, and uh, the game feels new again. And I just Travis can't is falling get in love all over again. Can't get enough. He never <laughs> fell out of love. This fucking nerd was putting in like thirty hours a week. <laughs> yes, it is a part-time job at this point. Um, also went to Utah, visited Chelsea's brother, ah. Logan, Utah. It's about an hour and a half north of Salt Lake City. Pretty fun. Went fishing and uh, saw some beautiful scenery. It's a beautiful state. Well, at least the part I saw. Okay. Is that anywhere near like Arches or Zion or any of those crazy national parks? Mm, I'm not sure, but Logan's a pretty nice place. You're basically like in this huge valley. So everywhere you look, you're surrounded by mountains. Okay. So quick question. Is fishing as awesome as i remember it or is it as boring as it seems i think that really depends both. on what you're fishing for both, both. <laughs> uh i think it's fun but for a short period of time like a two to four hours like four hours is probably pushing it but not if, if you don't get anything right i caught one fish we went twice we probably fished maybe like six hours total what kind of fish are we talking like bass trout. trout yeah but uh, in a lake, when I caught the fish, it was awesome. In but the rest of it was just, uh, yeah, a river, like a little stream, mm. a creek in the, <laughs> in the in the canyons. But yeah, it's a good time. Cool. Ate a lot of food. So did you? Yeah, did you beer. keep these trout? And, no, uh, catch and release. Mm. Did gouge the, the fuck out of his eye though. 
feel kind of bad. The fish is there? Oh, yeah. with the hook? Yeah. On accident or, or like it came well, out through his mouth? I couldn't really control it while it was, you know, <laughs> underwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean like. Oh, no. I got him real good. <laughs> <laughs> he is now one eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they mainly rely on sense of smell anyway. Yeah. So True. we shouldn't be too They worried. don't need eyes. True that. Yeah. They're like bats, right? Water bats sure. where fish yeah. are. <laughs> I think he's thinking of dolphins. Dolphins have eyes. Right, but they do the bat thing, the sonar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, besides that, um, not too much. Switch to Xfinity Mobile. Huge change. Got a tetanus <laughs> shot the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> What did you? What yeah, was wait, your meal wait, planning? No, no, no. Like what did you get the? Uh, what did you get the tetanus shot for? Are you going on a overdue. trip? Overdue? No, just overdue. Overdue. Got to get it every Who ten years. Track. Who goes for a routine did you get a phone tetanus call? shot? Well, I I went for a couple other things. Also, got convinced to get a flu shot too. Are you guys for got or against? convinced? For what do you mean against? for or against? Definitely for. Okay. Well, some people are against it. I don't get them, but why are mean, they against it? It might be the the anti anti-vaxxer thing. Mm-hmm. But also, people say they've gotten sick after they've gotten the flu no, shot, and then everybody it knows it. you can experience flu-like symptoms for like half a day, and then you're fine. Mm. I in the past ten years, I've had the flu once, and it was the year I got a flu shot. Mm. So I've been fine. Weird coincidence. Well, we're definitely going to get a flu shot because the reason you get a flu shot is for the elderly and the infirm and the babies. My doctor made a great point, and I was like sold. He was talking about it like it could be like the plague. Don't have enough resources for everyone. Mm. They're going to be stacking bodies on top of bodies. I'm like, all right, dude, I'll get the fucking <laughs> shot. <laughs> okay. I'm sure he knows more about it than me. Well, he just so. means like the f- we could get a really bad flu or if nobody got a flu shot, it would be really bad. Uh, Probably both. Yeah, like if so- something big could happen and it could be a huge epidemic and the oh, shot like prevents bird flu it. all over again. Yes, the shot prevents this from happening. Hmm. Pandemic, epidemic, both. <laughs> Pandemic is global. <laughs> epidemic, could. I think, is just large. <laughs> could reach that point. It sure could. Super rats. <clears throat> Watch out. <laughs> Anyway, I will be getting a flu shot. I'm glad to hear that you made the responsible choice. This Arm morning. is very sore, though. Aww. Last couple days, haven't been able to. Last couple days? What? Brush your teeth? Well, I got two shots in the same arm. Yeah, you Real. always do that. Well, it just, it, it sucks. Can't, yeah, it's sore can't a little lift, bit, but. weights, can't. I have never had this experience. Winston and pain. Okay. Yeah. What was the other shot? Tetanus shot. Tetanus and flu. Oh, tetanus the tetanus flu. is the one that yeah. like fucks you up. Well, not fucks you up, but it's it's sore. Like that shot hurts. Yeah. The flu shot just in and out. Feels good. Right through. But yeah, got got a new doctor <laughs> though, so I just wanted to like establish a relationship. You know, go okay. in there and check it out. Okay. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. All right, Tom. What's been going on? Uh, not much. Um, we are going on our first family trip. Next weekend, so Disney World, huge. No, we're going for a wedding uh-huh. in Denver. I think he is still too short for most of the rides at Disney World. I would probably say all of driving them, or flying. <laughs> <laughs> flying. Yeah. Uh, so we got to figure out all that stuff. We got to do some packing. You nervous to fly with him? 
Not really, but I mean, are you shamed to be <laughs> ashamed to be flying? Because like no, now no, that no, you no, have no, a no. kid, like now you're the person you're who brings guy. a baby no, on the plane. Yeah. Not ashamed of it. At no, all. no way. I can't wait till I have a kid so I can just all the shame that I carry with me every day it just <laughs> evaporates when you have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, everybody. If you don't have, no, you got to do it. Like, if you don't have headphones, that's your own fucking fault. Um, Even the best headphones can't keep that noise out. I guess. I don't Depends really expect him to be screaming, but yes. what we need to worry about is the pressure. Yeah, that's right. what gets oh, yeah. That's what I was worried about. Um, and then the other thing is we have a baby carrier for him, and we've tried putting him, so it's like one for like your chest, you know? Uh, and I've tried putting him in it a couple times, and he hates it so far. Mm. Uh, but that's like the only option we have, so we're going to have to. Uh, get used to I it. mean, he's going to have to tough up, I think. No, get used to it, you know. Maybe. Just practice every day. Toss him yeah. in there. Go yeah. for a go for a yog. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a couple around in there. Like four days left to <laughs> figure it out. Well, this is four days from now. Saturday, I guess. So mm. five days. Oh. Six days. Six days. Matt and I are going out of town too. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Leavenworth together. Oh, just, just him and I. No, you're going to a couple's retreat. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's uh, Oktoberfest is happening. And for those who don't know, Leavenworth is like a Bavarian, like kitschy town up in the mountains in Washington. I've never actually been there. In the mountains? Really? Or like, yeah, yeah, no, I've never been to Leavenworth. I'd consider it in the mountains. Yeah, it's a mountain. Close enough anyway, right? It's like a cute, like a kitschy little uh, Bavarian town where they have like the, the architecture of the buildings. They have a big Oktoberfest every year. A lot year. of like artisanal honeys. Yeah. Stuff like that. That's what I hear. Yeah. So, uh, like seven months ago, friends like booked a house and then made like a Facebook event saying like, Hey, keep your calendars open. We're going to go to Leavenworth. Seven years ago. Seven months ago. Oh, did I say seven years ago? Uh, I think you said months. You got to plan way in advance for this. (laughs) (laughs) This was actually kind of a cool idea. This was our post college (laughs) present. He Mm. booked an Airbnb (laughs) seven years in advance. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we, uh, it sleeps up to 13 and, uh, Travis didn't like the way I phrased this when I texted him, but I said, yeah. we need some, some more bodies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Matt needs a lesson in how to invite your friend on a weekend trip. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I advocated for you. We were like, Oh, who else could come? And I was like, Travis, Six other people were like, no way. Travis can come. And everyone was like, Oh, that fucking guy. And I was like, no, really? Like he's totally cool. Like <laughs> he's got money. <laughs> Um, He'll pay you before we leave. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this house is two stories, four bedrooms. It's got an outdoor pickleball court, a hot tub, and it's like a mile from downtown Leavenworth. So we can just like butt chug a boot of beer, mm. come back to the house, play some pickleball. <laughs> yeah, in October, pickleball in October. What do you think? Doable? In in the mountains? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say the hot tub sounds pretty Oh, the hot killer. tub sounds The right. problem is, be... does it... Does it seat 13? Well, no. It's like a normal. <laughs> probably seats no. like maybe six tops. Just what are you going to do? Shifts? Be pretty comfortable. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be, I draws, think, draws. about 10 of us. So, I don't know. Yeah. My plan is to wake up, not early, but in the morning. And just camp out all play day. Play some pickleball. <laughs> you know, because it's going to be sweaty. Reserve your right? spot. You're going to get sweaty. So, <laughs> I'm going to play some pickleball, get sweaty, do that, do and the, then the shower... Don't or at least shower off. I'm not going to go into the yeah, hot tub. Be a decent guy. Sweat. Like be a you, decent. You know, rinse off. What? You don't sweat in a 102 degree hot tub? Yes, you do. It's, it's a different kind of sweat. It's different. 
It's, it's not, not gross like, sweat. It's like relaxed sweat. It's not sweat. like a Kevin Love swamp ass type sweat. It's uh, a <laughs> you know, cleansing. Type. Great, great reference. <laughs> so that's Bringing next back. weekend. 14 years. Yes. <laughs> People don't forget. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's next weekend. That's also part of the reason why this gap in between episodes worked out because there were schedule conflicts and then I was going to have oh, a yeah. schedule conflict anyway. So We're doing Joker fresh. It's This was the right call. It's going to be huge. This weekend, everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Uh, Tom, what's going on? Anything else you mm-hmm. want to... What's no. been going on? Nothing else. Yep. Oh, I like your pants. They're a little Joker-esque. Yeah, I thought about Did that. Did you do that on I walked purpose? out the door and I oh. thought, well, not changing now. <laughs> <laughs> My pants are burgundy for do the listeners. Do you have a matching jacket? No. Hmm. No, no, no. This is not a suit. Be an easy costume. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to do the Halloween thing. You know? You got to figure it out, bud. You got three weeks. You're hmm. not throwing a rager this year, are you? Matt? No, I am not. <laughs> Paris, I think, is having a party. Paris, uh, friend of the show. Uh, I've never been over to her new place. Neither have I. Right, because she keeps moving. Is that Harriet? No, that's... A baby monitor. This is a baby oh, monitor. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was your cat yowling in the yard. <laughs> like, I thought she saw a raccoon or something. It was like sounding the alarm. Um, okay, so mostly just, you know, work... Being a new parent, playing Apex. Yep. Preoccupies most of your time. Yep. I mean, he's smiling now, so that's super cool. And that takes like an hour out of the day, just trying to get him just to smile. Just watching him smile? Oh, trying to get him to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to force it? Lot. No, you don't have to force it, but like when he stops, it's like, no, 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 I was enjoying that. Keep it up. So you got to put on a little show. Did Joker give you some new material to try out on Ooh. him? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's that drunk driving joke. I might use that. Killer. I think he was thinking of killer materials. <laughs> uh, all right. Is that it for you guys? Mm-hmm. I think so. All right. Well, let's do this thing. We're going to start things off with Joker. We have a clip. Let's listen in. Can <gasps> 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 you please stop bothering my kid? Sorry. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. This is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. All right, so Joker is written and directed by Todd Phillips, director of such hit films as Due Date, School for Scoundrels, and The Hangover. Also written by Scott Silver. Film stars Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, Francis Conroy, Shea Wiggum, Plot synopsis reads, a gritty character study of Arthur Fleck, a man disregarded by society. Short and sweet. Do you guys like Coca-Cola? <laughs> yes. Here we go. Ice cold. Yes, I do. So let's say you go to a convenience store. You're just hankering for a Coca-Cola, right? Uh, <clears throat> I have to stop you right here. I am loving this. This is new. 
<laughs> Not often that I bring a prepared bit, but I am today. <laughs> so you go to a convenience store. You got a hankering for a Coca-Cola, right? Mm. You get there, and their stock is just decimated. They got no Coca-Cola. All the Coca-Cola is gone. But you really want Coca-Cola. So you notice that next to the empty spot where the Coca-Cola should be, you see an RC Cola. You don't do it. So you're like, uh, I mean, it's all the same ingredients. It's the same color. It's a cola product. I should like this, right? It should be fine. You get the RC Cola. You leave the convenience store. You crack it open. You start drinking it. And immediately you're just realizing the horrible, horrible mistake you've made. And that what you're drinking is a cheap imitation of something far, far greater than the product you're currently consuming is. And it just leaves a just a bad taste in your mouth by the end of it. Mm. Those are my thoughts on Joker. Are you specifically talking about Joaquin's Joker versus yeah. Heath's Joker? What angle are you coming no, from? No, I'm saying Joker the movie. You were expecting a masterpiece like Road Trip or The Hangover, <laughs> but you got like Hangover Part 2? No, <laughs> we can get into this later, but... The movie is very, it wears its influences on its sleeve, we shall say. And that's saying it lightly. This movie is sleeves, and that's it. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. I hope we do. But I will say it's not the worst movie I've seen this year, but it is the movie I hate the most this year. And that's saying something, because mm. I saw The Beach Bum since we last recorded. And Harmony Corinne <laughs> you, is my mortal enemy. You hate Joker more than The Beach Bum. Yes. Wow. Right? But you wanted to hate this movie. That is not true. <laughs> Come on. Not true. Come on. You were pre-watching this at like Seems a, like a movie you would hate. A 1.5. <laughs> well, so I, I'm not going to lie. Because the... it's a little bit pretentious. In all the wrong ways, though. Right. No, that's what I mean. You love. Yeah. Oh, I love. I'm all about pretension. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So one of you guys go. There's. I think we're gonna have okay. a lot to talk about on this one. But I'm curious because so, I serious. I did not know how you guys were gonna come in on this one. So I liked it a lot. Knew it. Um. But it was a little too much at times, mm-hmm. and then it was not enough at other times. I don't know. So I don't know if I was fully satisfied walking out of the theater, but I still yeah. really enjoyed watching it. I um, hear you on that walking out of the theater thing. Yeah, but I don't know if it was my expectations or just the hype surrounding it. But there was something left to be, you know, desired. Yeah, satisfied. I think so. I liked it too. I think it was. Um, both it, it didn't quite work as a standalone but it didn't quite have enough to be a tie-in with a greater universe right it feels totally different than um, like Suicide Squad like I, I saw the trailer for the new Harley Quinn whatever Birth of Prime. yeah which feels very Suicide Squad-y you know and I was like this and that do not work together at all but as a standalone it's missing some things like a plot kind of um 
Plot's pretty basic. Yeah, very basic. And then I totally uh, agree with the it being too much at times. But sometimes I really liked it. Yeah. Um, like Joaquin Phoenix performance was too much at times, but overall I think it was a, a good performance. I thought his performance was... I liked his performance. I just think the the movie just like went a little bit overboard with the dramatic swelling music in certain scenes and like the score was pretty cool i've seen enough of the slow moving scenes the type of thing like i get it so that's where i felt like it was a little bit too much but with his performance i think they leaned on the his laugh too many times even though i liked his laugh i thought it was funny but that was like supposed to be his like weird quirk thing that made him you know, like kind of uh, unhinged, but it just, they, they did it so many times. Like I wanted his performance to be a little bit more like buried, I guess, like or maybe go a little bit deeper than it actually did. Yeah. No, I, I feel like it's, while it's an impressive performance and I, I enjoyed watching Joaquin Phoenix. I feel like he was just kind of like, I compare this to something like, Freddie Quill and the Master. Uh, They're both kind. Not, I'm not going to say over the top. I think Joker is a little over the top, but they're both uh, showy performances. But the reason why Freddie Quill's character works is because of that. The character, like there is development there, and he's fleshed out a little bit, and you understand his motives and his intentions. With Joaquin Phoenix's Joker performance, it feels like he's just kind of emptying his bag of tricks as an actor and he's nailing all of it. But the support, like the actual character just feels really flimsy. Pretty one note. Yes. And I, I didn't like his laugh very much. Like by the end of it, maybe it was just because they used it so much. (laughs) Well, there were some times where there were times where it was more effective than others. Right. It wasn't, I mean, in, in terms of like character quirks, like the laugh was better, I think than, um, Lupita's weird voice in us. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it could be worse. Um, but uh, the... He did better than Jared Leto or Leto, too. Yeah. The character development thing, I I also agree with because... And part of the reason that I think this movie is not quite as effective is because it was interesting the way that they portrayed the Joker, but... Um, but Joker is way scarier without a backstory and without this weird motivation, you know, like I just want to see the world burn and I wouldn't know like the self-awareness of I wouldn't know what to do with a car if I caught it Mm -hmm. way scarier and more fun and effective too, and effective than a guy who's like, who has reasons to hate society. I a little bit, uh, overly like political on that last, that last bit. Yeah. I would compare it to what Rob Zombie did to Michael Myers in his Halloween movies <laughs> where you just like over explain the shit out of it and it's just like way over the top. I mean, I there's a lot of bad though. No, well, Halloween, those are two of the worst <laughs> movies ever. And while I have said that this, I did not like this movie. There is a little bit more. There's a lot more artifice to this movie than there is that movie. But I mean, you take this character who you look at their childhood and there's child abuse and not just child abuse but like horrific like over the top like brutal child abuse just like i feel like this script was written in crayon 
That's what I felt the whole time I was watching this movie. You know what I mean? In you mean like uh, I was gonna say yeah. like in character or it just I think the movie looks amazing. I think the movie sounds amazing, and mm-hmm. I think that Joaquin Phoenix Is this delivers Widows? like a bravura impressive <laughs> performance, but everything else about the movie Kind of going back, I don't remember which of you brought it up, but going back to like it doesn't work as like a standalone like superhero movie, and then it also doesn't quite nail, you know the uh, you know the uh, mentally ill loner type of story. I feel like it utterly fails on both of those fronts. I felt angry watching this movie. Oh, I didn't feel angry. I was like, I was in a bad mood for hours after I saw this movie. <laughs> Jeez, <Wow>. man. <laughs> See, I, I, I agree with you on most of what you're saying, but I think I maybe like the stuff that you like more than you, and then I am not as harsh on the stuff that you dislike. Yeah, I think it's just more like not being so harsh on it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like it was a good, I enjoyed myself while I was watching. I was like, uh, maybe a little bit, Bored. I would have liked to see him doing more things, yeah. like go do stuff um, instead of just like feeling so weird all the time. Um, did you like his dancing? Yeah, I did actually like his dancing. I loved. Well, we shouldn't get in. I won't get into the specifics, but there were parts that I loved. Um, the other thing that I really like about um, Heath's Joker is that he feels really competent, even though he's like crazy. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, Joaquin's Joker, it's not necessarily like it's more a matter of preference, but he feels a little bit less competent. He's just more uh, out of control, kind of. So you didn't feel for this character at all, <clears throat> at least in the beginning of the movie. No, and if anything, the way that the movie handles, like I know Todd Phillips has come out; he's been very vocal in the press lead up to this movie he's coming out. Helping. No, he's not helping his cause. <laughs> and I feel like... What's he... I don't know what years from. <clears throat> well, so I, I do want to dig into this stuff deeper a little later, but the, the gist of it is there was a lot of backlash. Some of the initial reviews were very negative, saying that the movie is problematic and it could inadvertently inspire somebody who is feeling like forgotten by society and inspire like someone to commit violence, right? Mm-hmm. And... Well, I do think the media frenzy that came from that was overblown, and I do think it was intentional and that the media was covering it and putting all these like aggressive bylines out there, hoping that something would happen because that sells, right? Like I kind of feel like the media Gross. it kind of got out of control and every story was about like, you know, security is being stepped up. So and so comes out worrying about You the can make the same argument decided. about Fight Club. Yeah. You know, but nobody yeah. does. So but Todd Phillips in reaction to seeing this stuff coming out about his movie basically said that PC culture is ruining movies, specifically ruining comedy. Nobody can do anything edgy because the PC police and the libtards come out and they just like ruin everything and they're accusatory. And he was very defensive about it. That's why he said he's done with comedy though, is because we live in a woke culture. Yeah. He was basically uh, saying that woke culture is stupid, right? But it's, it's just society's basically rejected his type of humor at this point. And so now he doesn't really have any jokes. So I feel like that's his purpose. Yeah. So he pivoted from like (laughs) shitty comedy into like prestige 
emulation of filmmakers that he admires. But I think after having seen the movie... It's a weird argument for a guy who had the paging Dr. Faggot joke right. on the street. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so... Going into the movie, I went in with an open mind, right? But by the end of it, I was like, you know what? Regardless of what Todd Phillips says his intention was and that it's not supposed to be a sympathetic character, it's not inciting this type of violence. By the end of it, I was like, I could totally see how somebody who feels like the world is against them and they are radicalized in the way that we see a lot of people nowadays are radicalized. I could totally see somebody watching this movie and one, sympathizing with it, and two, wanting to use it as an opportunity to basically capitalize on the media attention, right? Like at the end of it, I was like, you know what? I totally understand why some people had concerns about this movie. And I'm not saying that if something did happen, the movie should be held responsible. But I am saying that it feels irresponsible to make a movie like this. And when you are pressed about it to be like, oh, fucking woke culture, like nobody can take a joke anymore. Like at least right, you don't understand. want to talk about it. You can say that is not the intention of the movie. I think this is about society's mistreatment of mentally ill people. And this is like a cautionary tale. But like there are ways you can acknowledge the question without being defensive about it. And I just feel like he handled it in the completely wrong way. I think way. he handled it the wrong way and said the wrong things. But I don't think, like, if, if someone were to actually watch this and want to do something malicious and be inspired by it, like, I definitely think that's on them. And that's kind of a silly thing to do. Because, like, and I think, for me at least, I think he gets away with it because we're living in this fantasy comic book type world. Like it's like a kind of like a disguise almost like, but I don't feel like this movie is inciting violence. And like, I don't know. I, I could be, cause I feel like everyone feels like that to a degree sometimes where you feel like everyone's out to get you or, you know, to a degree. It's like when those doctor questionnaires are like, have you ever felt down this week? And you're like, well, doesn't everyone feel down <laughs> like every once in a while? Should I say, like back to Travis's doctor visit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a normal feeling to feel down everyone. So, are you saying you sympathize with the Joker when he said every thought I have is a negative thought? I've never had a happy day in my no, whole life because that's, that's the natural extreme. extension I think of that thought. I think that's a bit extreme, but when you're filling out a survey and it's like never, sometimes it's like, well, I wouldn't say it's never, but sometimes might also be too many times too. Sure. So I don't know. I think it's a, a difficult topic, but ultimately I think if someone does something malicious after watching this, it's, it it's just kind of silly and it's definitely on them. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> but I do still feel like having watched the movie, I was like, it, it just felt a little irresponsible to me. Like the arc of the movie, the fact that as you learn about his childhood and there's moments with his mother, like I feel like there are some parallels. He's a pretty sympathetic character in this movie. Yeah, and he can say as much as he wants to that he's not trying to make him sympathetic, mm -hmm. but I don't agree with that. I did not feel sympathy for the character because I was just like fuming mad the whole time I was watching this movie, <laughs> but I could totally see... 
That's I, part of what pissed me off. See, I did up until the climax, and then I just felt like we were in this like fantasy comic book dark world at that point. I feel like that's when, like, I most of the movie is very apolitical. Like, I feel like part of the re- the problem with this movie is that it doesn't pick a side. It's very very general with its politics. And so you get to the very end, and then I feel like it's... Well, doesn't he make a comment while he's being interviewed, like, saying that he doesn't have an agenda, basically? I don't remember the wording of it, but... But then like, he totally does. Yeah, but he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I have a question about Joaquin. What is up with that dude's shoulder blade? Because he did the same thing in The Master... That nasty ass left shoulder. Can he just like pop that out a little bit, or does he have like an injury? What is going on? Yeah, I'm his not back sure. is. It really could be because he's like <laughs> lost it, like you know, been pretty big, and then also lost weight, and he's like fluctuating weight sometimes. But it's so. the left one in particular that he's got this weird. It might have just been the way he was sitting or positioning himself. Could all just be his body. Maybe his left shoulder blade. It's just a little oh, bit bigger no, than his right one. He does one. something weird. Don't shame Joaquin Phoenix. I'm for not having shaming him. I think he's too intense. I think he goes a little bit too far with his body stuff, the way that Christian Bale does. Um, this character reminded me a lot. What's the what's his name in the master? Freddie Quill. Yeah, Freddie Quill. A lot because just his body, the way that he manipulates it in this movie is very similar. The shots of his back where you see, where his back is turned, you know, and well, it's like, like his weird. ticks and and he brings his shoulders forward really far, and it's just disturbing. Well, I mean, I mean, we're we're back on the the. I think it's a it's an interesting comparison to make, right, between this performance and his performance in the Master. You look at the ticks, the word that you just used. I feel like the ticks that he uses in the Joker are kind of hammy, like they're very over the top, and they're impressive, but they feel a little over the top. Whereas well, you look at something they're like, like variations of the Freddy Cole character, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then you look at you look at the master, and you have like the sneer that he does, like the crooked like smile that he does in his posture, like the kind of hunch, and it's just like it feels like a lived in character in the master. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it was just because of the direction that he received from Todd Phillips, or if it was him wanting to like, you know over the top i mean it's a comic book character right like a a certain point but then you compare it to heath ledger's joker who did have ticks but it was like subtle like the tongue thing that he does where he like licks you know he goes like oh yeah very subtle and it happens really quickly like you could you could miss that at least you could miss it as like a a reoccurring bit right because it's not always as obvious as other times you know what i mean it just felt a little like this movie is an exercise in excess in a lot of ways, and I wanted to bring up. Maybe you guys have seen this in. Re- it's been in basically all of the negative reviews, but I feel like part of the reason why I hated this movie so much is it just felt. I mean, I alluded to it when I had my bit at the beginning with the RC Cola thing. It just feels like a cheap imitation, mm-hmm. specifically an imitation of Martin Scorsese specifically an imitation of Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy. And I know everyone has been saying that, but I feel like the reason for that is because it's just so 
obviously <laughs> wearing those influences on its sleeves. I mean, you look at Taxi Driver. Even this down filthy to the, town, someone's got to clean it up. The aesthetic, the overflowing <laughs> garbage in the city. I mean, they're set. Super it, rats. That's roughly. just Gotham, yeah. though. Gotham's <laughs> always overflowing with garbage. But specifically, I think Todd Phillips is trying to emulate 70s New York City. Like, there have been Definitely. variations. He did bring in Robert. And that's... So, the, that's... Taxi Driver, sure, he was in Taxi Driver, right? But the King, have you of, seen comedy, the King of Comedy. Yeah, I have. Okay. The King I of Comedy. So I have as well. The King of Comedy connection. In that movie, Robert De Niro plays an obsessive wannabe stand up comedian who becomes obsessed with a talk show host. Uh, in this meta. movie, it's flipped. Robert De Niro is the talk show host. But Why even they name him Rupert Pumpkins, <laughs> right? Just <laughs> Poopert Rumpkins. <laughs> but then you go back to Taxi Driver. I mean, even down to the looking in a mirror and like the pointing the gun at the head, like the finger gun at the head thing. Like well, it doesn't feel like homage. It feels like theft to me. Even towards the end of the movie, there's a character with a clown mask and the like army jacket. Yeah. Of, oh right, and not, the green no mohawk, but. <laughs> That, it just, Does he? No, he doesn't color his mohawk. How amazing would it be if it was a young Robert De Niro under that mask? <laughs> <laughs> With the de-aging technology? <laughs> but the whole time I was watching, I just felt like this is fake. Like It just feels so derivative. And while it might look good and sound good on an aesthetic level, even down to the music choices, yeah. him dancing down the steps to the fucking Gary Glitter song, one... If the music choice felt like a Scorsese thing to do, two Gary Glitter raped multiple children and like was okay, a horrible, horrible, Gary horrible Glitter. human being. Either do I. This is the first time I've you know heard the song the where it's like, hey, they don't. You notice they don't play that in sports games anymore. It's because he's a fucking pedophile who raped multiple young children. But it's cool for Todd Phillips to use a Gary Glitter song. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) For the record, (laughs) pedophilia is not funny, but that joke. I have a condition where I laugh. Okay. That was real stupid. That was real stupid. (laughs) And I do think I kind of I want to do like a brief spoiler section on this because I do. Going back to where we were talking about it, it kind of fails as a superhero Batman movie and also fails as like a, you know, some of the things that problems that arise from that. I want to get into that, but it, it's going to get into spoilers. <laughs> Matt would like to dig deep into why this movie is awful. We need an hour of spoilers. <laughs> but I, any I other general. Emphasize that. Yes, I have a general. Yeah. Go ahead. Best use of white room by cream ever. Oh. <laughs> Again, a very like Scorsese. <laughs> yes, maybe that's why choice. I loved it so much. I was just like, oh yeah. And I, th- I think that's why a lot of people love it because it, it reminds them of a different era of film. But to me, it just felt like. I mean, I said it before. It doesn't feel like homage. It feels like cheap imitation to me. And I felt that the whole way through. Yeah, and it, it bothered me. It like honestly, it bothered a me a lot and didn't land. I, I mean, so I hadn't read any of these reviews. But now that you're mentioning some of the Scorsese stuff, it does kind of ring pretty true. There's no original thought. Like I'm thinking in this whole of movie. that scene, the uh, the uh, it's a Led Zeppelin song that's playing. I can't remember which one it is, but it's De Niro at the at the counter when he's about to go crazy in Goodfellas. 
He's like he's getting really paranoid about everybody. You De Niro this? or Pesci? De Niro. He's in Goodfellas, fellas, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He starts to get, you know, kind of crazy. He's like, everybody's out to get me. And then it's right before they assassinate their whole crew. Anyway. Is this Goodfellas or is this Casino? It's Goodfellas. Why am I? I watched this relatively watched recently, recently, too. too and I <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll look it up. Okay. Break, sure. But it's true. Oh, I wanted to emphasize, though, that the movie did look pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I do feel like the setting could have been explored a bit more. Like, I like that they used, like, the 70s or 80s New York as, like, the backdrop. But, like, I feel like it could have got a better sense of, like, surrounding or, like, location. And also, the score, I thought, was awesome, but it was a little too much at times. Yeah, most of the time, like... I said I love the way it looks and I love the way it sounds and I like Joaquin Phoenix's performance, right? But yeah. it was heavy-handed in a lot of situations, especially with the music. Like, a lot of the time I was like, wow, this sounds really good. This is immersive. It's fitting to the time period and, like, the uh, paying homage to what it's drawing from. But there were times where I was like, could you be any more, like... It's like music as a sledgehammer. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. the, the emotional beats are just mm-hmm. like, here's the music, and it's just like pounding you in the head with a sledgehammer. There's a little... It could have used a little restraint, I guess I'll say. Oh, yeah. man, but the reveal? Don't even get me fucking started <laughs> on the reveal. <laughs> You'll have to explain what... We, we'll we'll get into it. In Let's get into spoilers. I'm going to give this movie four stars. I'm going to give it four and a half. But I Were you I'm, out of five before this no, conversation? No, no, no. Okay. I was, this conversation's maybe kind of want to bring it down to a four, but I think I'm going to stand strong and leave it. Um, 1.5. Mm. Ouch. Got to make an example. Shit. <laughs> so let's, let's get into spoilers. So if you haven't seen Joker yet, look at the show notes. You can skip ahead. Um, is there there's something I want to talk about, but is it before it might be like a whole thing. So is there something you guys want to get into? Uh, I wanted to say I was bothered by the age difference between Joker and Bruce Wayne. Yes. What the fuck? Yes. So <laughs> <clears throat> is Bruce supposed to be fighting a fucking 75 year old? Exactly. Well, I don't think you're supposed to think that hard about that connection. Right. How am I not supposed? They chose an actor, you know? Well, so that's the thing, right? So weaved it in with the storyline in a certain way. That's one way you can look at the movie, right? How does it work? It's just fan fiction. It's not. (laughs) It's not canon. It's fan fiction. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that. Why? Why that's problematic too. But like, you look at this that way as a Batman villain origin story, as a superhero movie, right? It doesn't work because. Exactly what Tom was saying. Joaquin Phoenix. But that's a purely logistic thing, and this movie wasn't going for that. Right. We'll we'll get into so, we'll get into the other half I'm of throw that. that which one is, out. That's one way you can view the movie, right? On that merit yeah. as a superhero movie, right? It just it flat out doesn't work. By the time Batman becomes Batman, Joker is going to be seventy five, and it doesn't make any sense. Such right? a boring way to look at. But it. as a superhero <laughs> movie, that's problematic. That the first thing I thought of. Yes, that's problematic for you're me. In that, you're in that MCU mindset. No, uh, no, no, no. No, it's because I have a brain. I'm like, this is the Joker. <laughs> that's Batman. Oh my God, what? <laughs> yeah. See, it's so. But also, <laughs> if I only had a brain, <laughs> <if> I, <laughs> Batman has been my favorite 
superhero since I was old enough to have a favorite superhero. Since he was right? a little bad. Since a little, a little baby bat. <laughs> a little Bruce yourself. A little Bruce. A little baby Bruce. It's problematic because I'm not trying to be like a comic book purist, right? But just we're looking at it through this lens right Don't now. Don't be that guy. We're looking at it through this lens right now. As a superhero movie, it doesn't work because Joker will be too old by the time Bruce Wayne becomes Batman, right? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But Joker exists. Go. Actually, it's much more fun if Joker doesn't have a backstory. No, that's not the backstory <laughs> thing. Joker has had backstories in, in comic runs. My runs father <laughs> was a drinker. <laughs> <laughs> so Bat- or Joker exists as a foil to Batman, Joker does not exist without Batman. Okay. This movie presupposes that Batman does not exist without Joker. And sure, on like a superficial level, Todd Phillips with his fucking pea brain probably was like, oh, you know what would be interesting? Let's flip it. Instead of Batman creating Joker, what if Joker created Batman? No, 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 no. And then I just flipped it. Okay, so I don't have enough knowledge here to know what you mean when you say that Joker doesn't exist without Batman. Joker, I mean, they kind of hint to it in the, in the Dark Knight, right? At the end of yes. Batman Begins, moving into Dark Knight. It's all about the jo- case. Joker is radicalized by this idea of uh, an altruistic like do-gooder who is above the law and is like a beacon of like goodness in the world, right? So Joker is the opposite. And in the Dark Knight, he's... An agent of chaos. That's the thing that they go for. So this is like the Incredibles with that redheaded kid. Yeah, with yeah, sure. I I guess to an extent. <laughs> Syndrome. Syndrome. So that part of it doesn't work, Joker. But then the other part of it. Now that we're in spoilers, this movie basically is saying that Joker and Bruce Wayne are brothers because the movie is like oh, except not. Well, no, they are though. No. So they make you think that his mother had an affair with Thomas Wayne, right? Yes. The whole thing. You, they go into Is the bathroom. Is it conclusive? Come on. Mm. They go into the bathroom. Yeah. He's like, no, your mom was crazy. None of that happened, blah, blah, blah. Are you, did you not notice in the scene right before he goes on the show with uh, Robert De Niro that he looks at a picture of his mom and he flips it over and it says something to the effect of, I love your smile, T.W.? Thomas Wayne. Oh, uh, that's what that was. The movie wants to have its cake and eat it too. Like it's it's trying to be both. But didn't he find adoption papers in the? But they could have been forged. Yes. To planted. Oh, whatever, crazy. dude. The what? movie. You can't say definitively that that was. What? Wait, adoption? what are you talking about? No, adoption I'm talking about the adoption papers. With you. We're like, agreeing with you. They Which, put oh, you're talking about the hospital in the file from Arkham. But okay, those yeah, could I be like you know fudged or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He's a man of power and wealth. Could very easily have done it. You don't right? think that's interesting, though? Interesting fan it's fiction? Interesting. No. <laughs> I think it's interesting. No. Do you view this as canon or fan fiction? <laughs> Obviously, it's not canon. Obviously, Joker okay. is not Batman's brother. So? It's bad fan fiction. I think it... I don't think it was bad, though. That's the thing. No, I don't think it was bad fan fiction. I think it's fan fiction, but it's not necessarily bad fan fiction. It's just, it's just a take. It's stupid <laughs> motivation for a character, because I feel like Todd Phillips was like, oh, how do we make but Batman's he is origin mentally interesting? Ill, so I feel like that's where you can kind of play in the grave. That's a whole nother thing. The way that the movie treats mental illness, like... 
that's a tough thing to deal with and tackle. And this movie does it in the worst possible ways. It's like this person is been a mentally ill because they were tied to a radiator <laughs> <Worser? Yeah. laughs> and beaten when they were a child. All right. Everybody, you know everybody what I think shits on him. This topic. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else Boom. about the movie that uh, you liked? Rubbed you the wrong way. That I liked? Yeah. Oh. Any moments? Um... You like that first moment when he goes into that um, weird public restroom and dances a little bit in the mirror? No. I thought all the dance stuff was fucking A little bit stupid. too... Uh, Pretentious in all the wrong ways. A little bit too Silence of the Lambs for you. S- slow motion. <laughs> a little too Buffalo Billy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked it, actually. I liked the dancing. My favorite image in the movie... Is at the very end when he's standing on the cop car and he's got the bloody the bloody teeth and he makes the smile. That was with pretty the blood. cool. That was a cool image. I would put that, or I'd pick um, right as he's about to come on stage for mm. the Late Show, and then he comes out with and he the does colors that, on. He the does bullets. that little twirl, and I'm like, now there's a competent Joker. I feel like you would really like the King of Comedy, though. King of Comedy is awesome. It. Yeah, probably. But that that whole moment is very reminiscent of like how it plays out in the King of Comedy. Okay. And that's part of the like because I have that context well, the, the whole, whole time I was watching the whole it. Zazie Beats thing feels very King of Comedy. Yeah, well, and even Taxi Driver ish. So like the like kind of like dream reality. Yeah, it blends. The, it blends like did, is this actually happening? Is it not happening? Yeah, that's why the whole time I was watching, I'm surprised you like didn't feel this. I did. I well, no, I, I know you felt it, but I'm surprised it didn't like. Make you feel like the Angry. movie was obviously Taxi Driver is far superior. That's your favorite. That's like one of your that's favorite movies. Top five. I'm surprised you weren't. You didn't see the blatant like stealing of those themes and ideas. I did, but it was still enough of its own thing. I don't know. Maybe just because it's masked under the Joker and Walking Phoenix is in it and superhero. I'm a sucker for Walking Phoenix. The character of the Joker is cool. And then the score and the way it looks like gritty seventies seventies yeah, aesthetic. It's all like <laughs> things that I love, so it's hard to like dislike this movie. But yes, I see that it's very like copycat ish of Scorsese. And this doesn't have to be a whole thing, but even down to like, I just feel like the movie is so tone deaf. If you look at it, like from a race perspective, the people. The children who like beat him down in the beginning of the movie, they're all black kids, and it just feels a little reminiscent. Are they black? I don't I feel remember like they're them being Latino. Black. No, at least some of them are. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're they're uh, they're children of color. <laughs> okay. So whatever, five children. I mean, it's reminiscent. I mean, it was five. The Central Park Five thing happened like right around. I think it was True. 1980 or something. It just feels like. While those people were acquitted, it just feels like it's drawing a little bit too much from history. So there's that. He's beaten down by these kids, these hoodlums who happen to be people of color. His romantic interest, who basically uh, you consider pushes a off his... Interest? Well, yeah. I mean, that's the, the twist, quote unquote, that happens like with the, the unreliable narrator thing. But she, she, still, she she's a person of color. Um, there's... Uh, 
um, his social worker who just kind of like brushes him off and isn't listening. The mom you know and I mean? kid in the bus. Like on the bus, yeah, with the where he hands him the card, right? It just feels. Wait, so like, why is this? What What do you mean that it's tone deaf? What part? Problematic. Going back to how I feel, the movie is a little bit irresponsible. Like not not saying that if anything were to happen, that the movie would be at fault. It just feels like the movie doesn't. The filmmakers don't have any. Uh, I don't know, self-awareness. Like they don't understand how somebody, if you look at someone who's like a loner, mentally ill, white and fragile, you see this sympathetic character who throughout the movie, people like, it just feels uh, like a white think, supremacist manifesto. To I think, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm exaggerating. I think that's, but you know what you're I mean? saying? All these though. characters were like, he was beset upon by all these characters. They happen to be people of color. I don't think they just happened. Like, I think it was probably an accident or whatever it is. I don't think it was intent. Like, I don't think they intentionally cast these characters to be people of color. I just think they don't have the self-awareness or maybe they just don't care. His boss was white. The guy who betrayed him was white. The one who outed him for the gun. Yeah, I don't think it's a color racing. And if you look into that, you're looking a little too deep. I don't I don't necessarily agree, though. I actually thought, because I was thinking about this. It made I don't me know. feel I was a like, weird. I was like two nice. black social workers. I was just, I just thought it was an interesting choice. Not that that couldn't happen, but I was like, you have to think about every casting, right? Yeah. And I was like, are you trying to make a point of African Americans like being in the job force or... I, I didn't know what was being said there, Brian but Harry I just, Henry? I thought it was interesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm? Totally. I don't know. I didn't think it, I thought it was just like trying to have a diverse cast, honestly, is what crossed my mind. Yeah. I do think that was probably, that, that kind of goes down to the irresponsibility. Like, I think it came from a good place. There was something there, though, because he calls him brother. Remember? Yeah. Joker Joaquin, called, yeah. Yeah. Joker does. Yeah. He calls yeah. him brother and it's like, well, <laughs> A little cringy. Yeah, I could, I, I could see it both ways. Like he said that, but it's also the seventies. Like I don't know. No, not, it was not only as a it's the only thing. time he says like, it. Was it brother? Or yeah, you're brother. Right. Well, it was, no, <laughs> <laughs> brother. But uh, but that's the only time he says it. Like yeah, that yeah, yeah. that was on purpose for sure. Yeah. Like I, it's. You could admire it for Wait. trying to be diverse, but you could also say, like, you're putting these characters in these roles and you're not looking at the bigger picture of how it could be read by someone who is. I don't know. If I was Todd Phillips position. and somebody said that, I would I would call out the PC police for that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's bullshit. Did we discuss your reveal that you were referring to? Oh, the fact that she. Okay, so I am oh. notoriously the worst predictor. I see. And like, look forward, things are going to happen. See the twist ahead of time. Totally shocked. I was like, oh, she wasn't there. That's so, <laughs> that makes so much sense because I was like, why the fuck would she be with this guy? Yeah. She's like 20 times more attractive and he sounds like a fucking idiot. Uh, and like a crazy unstable person. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. I knew immediately that was going to be the case. And I knew immediately. As soon as there's that scene where he's like rehearsing for the, I'm gonna call it the Tonight Show. I don't remember what they call it in the show, but where he's rehearsing for the late night show, and he like sh- mimics shooting himself in the head. I was like, oh yeah, that's just bait. He's gonna kill Robert De Niro. Oh yeah, that I knew that. Yeah, yeah. That was that was an easy one. I think that was a softball. That was easy, but I feel like a lot of people in my theater were shocked. <gasps> 
I feel like the fucking I Joker was gonna kill are coming out in full force, loving this thing because they don't have He's one the context right now. and two <laughs> one the context two no. <laughs> but I just I think a lot of people are just loving this movie because it feels radical, fresh, <laughs> and it does it does feel a little radical. It feels fresh, but it's but, trying too hard to be radical, and it also it's like a good version of the Purge. If you yeah. <laughs> No, the Purge. Honestly. I would 100 percent watch the Purge. I think the Joker's probably in my top ten right now, based okay, on what I've watched this year. It would be out of probably control. like low top ten at this point. I'd Sorry. Have to look. I mean, I saw a lot of trailers that I was interested in. Oh, Maybe we'll talk about. I saw them. Uncut Gems trailer in Dolby. Oh, <laughs> me too, dude. Oh my god. I don't know about this. Uh, he's yes, just some do. fucking crazy Jew. Yes, at do. the end of the trailer, the Safdie brothers' new movie. Uh, yeah, Adam time. Sandler. Yeah, but I haven't seen a trailer. Kevin Garnett's in it. Good time sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, should we move off the Joker? We've been on like this for like forty minutes. Well, we're talking about Dolby though. Nineteen seventeen Dolby trailer. Oh, dude, it's gonna be one oh shot. God, I can't. What's nineteen seventeen? You Sam Mendes movie, but it's gonna be like Dunkirk. I saw Tenet. <laughs> Birdman. I saw Birds of Prey. Birdman. I saw. You saw a Tenet trailer? A Tenet. I still trailer. haven't seen it. Oh yeah, they have a little bit longer one. It's still not much, but it's longer. It's very than, like, short. What even is that movie? Doesn't give anything away. You know, Nolan's new movie. I know, no, I know. But what is it? What is the trailer? John David, is that his name? John David Washington? Yeah. You don't see much at all. He's like wearing a gas mask and he like takes it off and... He's got short hair and a mask or a beard. He looks Get good. Get the fuck out of here. That's the teaser. It's going to be huge. Fuck Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan's a What else? Um, oh, and it, and it alludes to time, you, right? It says oh, yeah. there's a, the, time for a new protagonist. And I'm like... Come on. Did you yeah. not see the night? <laughs> you didn't see the 1917 trailer though. The the World War One. You have to let our people know that it's an ambush. Otherwise, 1600 people. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch, Colin Firth. No, but you know what I did see? A longer Terminator Dark Fate it, trailer. It, it looks way better. Looks. Right? So much better <laughs> than the better. first trailer. I still think it's probably going to be like... Uh, I'm Good. pre-watching it at a 3.5. Yeah, I'm pre-watching it at a 4. <laughs> and I'm really excited. But right? Like that first trailer was garbage. Yes. Horrible. Yes. But the second one? Whew, oh, they hit it. Oh, yeah. I'm into it. You got to watch the Uncut Gems trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Okay. Point so, is, there's a lot of opportunity for Joker to fall off my top 10. Gems. I'm just going to have to... <laughs> It, it's not there yet, you know. All it's right. been a bad year. Are we good on Joker? Yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and move on to our next review then. We are going to be discussing Ad Astra. We have a clip. Let's listen. Major, what can you tell us about the Lima Project? First manned expedition to the outer solar system, sir. Some 29 years ago. And the commander was? It was my father, sir. The ship disappeared approximately 16 years into the mission. Uh, no data was ever recovered. Deep space missions were halted after that. Roy, we have something that might come as quite a shock to you. We believe your father is still alive near Neptune. My father's alive, sir? We believe so. Okay, Ad Astra is directed... What? Ad Astra Ad Nauseam, is that what you said? Good joke, Tom. <laughs> um, Ad Astra is written and directed by James Gray. 
uh, who was responsible for The Lost City of Z, The Immigrant, and uh, We Own the Night. Two, two Lovers. Did he do We Own the Night? Or The Yards, maybe? No. I think he did one of those. Double well, check. Double check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did The Immigrant, best known for The Immigrant, Lost City of Z, Ad Astra, Two Lovers. We own the night and the yards, oh, yeah. so we ran on both. Both counts. I got this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, movie stars: Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Nega, Donald Sutherland. Plot synopsis reads: Astronaut Roy McBride undertakes a mission across an unforgiving solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father and his doomed expedition that now. 30 years later, threatens the universe. Boom. Tom did not see this movie, so this is just me and Travis. Let me get my thoughts out of the way. Well, real quick. um, (laughs) And then you can cream enthusiastically. (laughs) uh, Do you guys like Coca-Cola? Okay, here we go. Um, You ever go into a convenience store and you want Coca-Cola and they have vanilla Coke Mm. and you grab it and it's like ice cold? And you crack it and just going down your gullet the whole time. But did like, you have oh. vanilla Coke in your mind before walking into that store? No, I wanted Coke. So I you, was you expecting like, Coke. But if they have vanilla, I'm always vanilla. It was, I went into it expecting Coca-Cola. And, and you got vanilla Coke. There was vanilla Coke. It was just there. No, vanilla Coke would make the list. This guy, mixed metaphors over here. <laughs> it's the best soda, bar none. <laughs> vanilla Coke or Coke? Vanilla Coke. I would probably. It's agree. the it's the cream of the crop. Yeah, vanilla cream. I like root but whatever. You're one of those kids. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Go ahead, Travis. Uh. Yes. My thoughts on Ad Astra. Uh. Liked it. But didn't love it. Uh, thought it looked amazing, but most space dramas do. Am I right? It's just an easy way to boost that, you know, eye appeal. Eye uh, appeal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt's performance was good. It served its purpose. Uh, I thought the story was kind of lacking in the plot was not that interesting and somewhat hard to follow at times. Um, was there a grandiose score? Uh, score pretty good. It was pretty good, but it wasn't like it wasn't too apparent. But it also didn't like blow me away or anything either. It was wasn't a as solid score. Heavy-handed as Joker, but it was absolutely perfect for the story they were trying to tell. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, that's about all I have to say. Um, I was expecting like an amazing third act climax type thing. And that was like the weakest link. So. Okay. Movie was good. Not great. Um, Matt, what did you think? Not just. Oh, here we go. The best (laughs) movie of the year. It tops high life. The other space drama. We're talking, (laughs) this is going to be a contender. When we do best of the decade deliberations. Okay. This is a movie made specifically for me. 
every single thing about this movie. I was, I mean, I was, I went from six to midnight and I stayed at midnight the whole running time. 12 out of five. <laughs> this movie was everything I look for. It's got heady science fiction stuff. You know what I mean? You go, you're looking at your arrivals, your ex machinos, your, your you got your, lives. your high lifes. You have your action packed space mm, stuff I don't know about from grab you know like your <laughs> of your interstellars and your gravities that's and you have your small scale human drama moon <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking more like terrence malick it's like if Terrence Malick whoa, whoa, whoa. Terrence directed Malick about everything. <laughs> a movie that was paid for by Christopher Nolan with the script written by, I don't know, fucking Alex, whatever. This is the synecdoche, the fountain of life. <laughs> this was everything. Literally, well, <laughs> this movie. So, it, I'm not going to get too specific, uh, just because it gets well, into a spoilers. This sounds like yeah. my upcoming review of Uncut Gems. <laughs> <laughs> your, your pre. This is your I haven't pre said review. anything yet except high praise. <laughs> the okay, so, so you're saying this the, the stars and the moon. <laughs> So, so the movie. What I love most about this movie is that you get, you get the 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 big kind of like world building sci fi stuff. So in this movie, he goes on a mission to try and find what's going on with his his dad, right? So you get the like the small details of he takes a commercial flight from Earth to the Moon, and one of the flight attendants is like floating you know, through the the spaceship and she goes up to Brad Pitt's character and is like, would you like a comfort pillow and blanket? And he's like, oh yeah. And she's like, that'll be $125, please. Like, really small. I mean, it could be a little hokey, I guess is maybe what you're I would say I didn't like that part because he's on such an important mission. Like, come on. He's not paying for shit on that flight. Bro, it's the company credit card. He's the man. It's the company credit card. Why wouldn't you? A stupid detail to add, I feel like. Whatever. Along dude. with that, he wanted to be moon. comfy. It's probably like a like a sixteen hour flight from Earth to the yeah, Moon. Cool idea. Okay, kind of a cool idea, but literally glanced over and maybe doesn't fit in this movie. It's just, okay. Well, just boom. It's Ele- a little Elysium. A, Elysium did it better. It is. It's totally no, no, no. It's a oh, totally it is obvious when you see the Applebee's sign it on the moon so okay just let me continue so it's like a you know it's going for these these little world building details right you have the commoditization of an airline flight from earth to the moon you get to the moon and the moon is there's a subway on the moon there's people dressed up as aliens in like disneyland-esque costumes taking pictures with people Maybe we just didn't see Chinatown. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know. Those dumplings are there. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's these little like world building details that it's like this is this version of earth and of humanity the moon has been turned into disneyland of space Set right in the near distant future. in the near distant future and yeah yeah oh, yeah of course but they would. didn't really portray it as that yeah they do no there's an applebee's who cares <laughs> okay so then you have one of the most thrilling action sequences okay. i've seen since mad max fury road oh, okay <laughs> yes okay. yes they go they have to go don't say too much now because i want to get excited for this movie. in the moon they have to go to a different launch place and some action stuff happens yeah. to get to mars yeah. the so reason it was cool earth and mars is like a billion What? Sure. I think I understand what you're saying. I'm saying I don't. How much easier can it be to get to Mars from the moon than from Earth? The, the trip from the moon to Mars is significantly further. It's pretty far away. Relatively speaking, the moon is pretty close to where we are. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying, why does he need to go to the moon first? Just go straight to Mars. Because there are commercial... It's, it's got to be... Layover, this dog. is a top secret. This is a top secret mission, Tom. So he's got to be discreet there getting discreet, to the moon. There was a discreet launch location. Yes. You're giving mm-hmm. that scene way too much credit, though. I just want to throw that I'm, out there. I'm just, I'm building toward Hyper- a point. Hyperbolic. Would you let me world build my review, please, Travis? <laughs> no. you I'm building toward something. <laughs> you already set the scene. You already set the scene. Okay. I'll fast, I'll fast track this. The whole reason why I love this movie is the further you get from Earth, you would think the bigger the scope of the movie gets. But what I love most about this movie is that it becomes more self-reflective, introspective in regards to Brad Pitt's character, the further he gets from Earth. And by the end of it, it's not about space travel or discovering extraterrestrial life. It's about humans loving one another and not caring about what they devote their lives to, but about who they devote their lives to. And I just felt seen by this movie. I was like, by the end of it, I was like, I like literally, I feel like it was made for me. The whole thing. I feel like what you're saying though, doesn't quite match what I saw though. Okay. Because He's somewhat of a selfish character in a way. Yeah, but by the end of it. Oh, because he has that little monologue. <laughs> Two sentences, he just blows Matt's mind. <laughs> no. Whoa! No, 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 no. Just pulls that five star out of thin air. <laughs> I will say some of the monologues. So there's some internal dialogue stuff that, that Brad Pitt's character does throughout the movie. And it's I don't dislike it. But it felt. Is this you, Matt? Is this is this you writing a wrong because you didn't put First Man in your top ten? It wasn't my top ten because you didn't put it higher in your top ten. No, (laughs) this movie is better than than. Okay, I mean I hate to say it because my boy Gauze is in First Man. Kind of samey, similar. Well, their mission and their 
you know, they're through long. <laughs> yeah, but the thing with First Man is that it's a it's a biopic, and this is something that actually happened. Whereas I feel like Ad Astra is using the opportunity. I mean, that's what all good science fiction does, right? But I, I don't think First Man was trying to be like super accurate. I think it was trying to do an Ad Astra with a real life event. Yeah, they're not they're not dissimilar. Like the the two movies that I would compare Ad Astra to would be two thousand probably First Man and probably Interstellar. Honestly. Mm-hmm. What's better? Uh, Ad Astra. No, see, you don't get into this like bullshit, like pseudo intellectual, <laughs> like fifth dimension, fucking talking to people through time. Yeah, that's the whole th- or fourth. I don't know, fourth dimension, whatever. I'm like four pumpkin beers deep, Tom. Give me a break. I, it's not going for that. Like, it, for what it is, it's pretty grounded i feel like the movie is idiosyncratic in that i i kind of feel like it wants to be (laughs) so you you compare this to something like arrival like i watched here we go arrival yesterday because it it made me want to watch arrival so good i love arrival (laughs) the difference the difference between yeah it's good well, okay, so first, like, the similarities between the two. They are both taking, like, a science fiction space concept, and they're using it to examine, like, a, a particular part of the human condition, right? That's essentially what Arrival is. It's, it's about... an excuse to make a space epic. Sure. <laughs> Ad Astra <laughs> is, is kind of doing the same thing. I don't think it's ultimately about... Space and exploration. (laughs) But it also kind of feels like it wants to be like a gravity, like uh like get your heart rate going, a space like drama action movie type of thing. And I think it does both perfectly. Like you get the big budget, like awesome action sequences, and you also get Brad Pitt's internal monologue about toxic masculinity and how he was raised and how he feels abandoned by his father and all this kind of stuff. And it was just like everything, all of it, every single thing about this movie worked for me. There will be blood all over again. There will be blood all over again. I abandoned my child. (laughs) (laughs) It was everything i look for honestly tom i think i would be surprised if you like it as much as i do just because i mean i'm saying it's like one of the best of the decade but i mean come on that's some high praise there's not that much competition for the 2010s is this the the james gray of all james gray this i've always been a fan of james gray this one did it though from here on out he hit a home run I am James Grand Gray's Slam. biggest fan. <laughs> Whenever the next trailer drops, like from the director of Ad Astra and Two Lovers or whatever the fuck, I'm going to be like, It'll again, be six to midnight. City. Like, it's just going to go. I'm going to immediately be. So he's on totally the list. Totally entranced. He's on the list. He's with the PTAs, the Alex Garlands. With the Terry Malicks and the Alex Garlands. Oh, yeah. 
This is fair enough. If you called this a couple weeks ago, you said, "Is are we? Go- is Matt gonna have yeah two space movies?" One hundred percent. Matt has two space movies right so now. So this is your one-two punch of the year. This is the one to beat. High Life could be beat. Yeah, we got What's the light. We got the lighthouse coming. We got the Irishman coming. We got Uncut Gems coming. And knives out. What's the name? Uh, Trey Edward Schultz. I'm blanking on the name. Oh, waves. Waves. And don't forget the new Terry Malick. Yeah, that looks pretty dope. I. <laughs> by the way, fucking Terry. If for some reason Uncut, Uncut Gems doesn't come out when it's supposed to, I'm not making a top ten until it comes out. So. Oh, we usually don't record this to like mid January. <laughs> I'm just saying. I refuse. Saying. If I don't see this movie till March, we're not doing a top ten till March, all right? <laughs> just saying. Um to sum things up. Yeah, we I mean I fucking loved it. It's the best. I don't really have much to say about it and Yeah, you did your you did your whole waxed, review in about ninety seconds. You pretty much waxed as much as you can. You were like didn't hate it. It was pretty good. That's about all I have to say. Like I think it just spe- it just spoke maybe to me. a rewatch would help but i was a little bored and just not fully on board with the plot and where we were going you like a uh, space monkey loved it <laughs> congo it gave me a uh, event horizon vibes i've never not seen specifically that, but... the monkey but the vibes of that it was giving me a life vibe <laughs> Ugh, gross <laughs> Um, Remember that classic? Oh yeah, Tom loved life. He did <laughs> busted, but it just like it just makes me realize like that's my lane. Like previously, oh, I yeah. thought I thought that was Tom's it's lane. Fine. Like, but that's my lane. Well, we can't it's you. mine. No, no, no. Actually, my lane is uh, it's a direct combination of both of you. It's yeah, gritty space. Tom <laughs> weaves in and out of your lane. Sometimes takes my lane. So Blade Runner. Yeah. Oh yeah, Blade Runner 2049. That's your lane. So I'm I'm a street rat. <laughs> but or super rat. <laughs> super street rat. <laughs> but like seriously, like I like when we inevitably do like a best yeah. a best of the decade list, like <laughs> Ad Astra is going to be in contention, Ex Machina is going to be in contention, Interstellar is going to be in contention, High Life is going to be like fucking space movies. So you might as well just have a top 10 sci-fi. I'm just going to do R2049. I'm just going to go all in, yeah. What is life? <laughs> my mic may have been off for the last I don't know, 20 minutes. Did you turn off? <laughs> oh, oh my no. god, Tom. <laughs> well, you were mostly quiet through the whole thing. I haven't been looking at my phone. I've been a bad or not my phone, oh, my Tom. computer. For real? For real? I think so. Well, it was mostly, well, whatever. It'll pick It'll up, pick up a little thing. bit, I think. If not, people will just hear <laughs> from now on. Just don't turn it off at break. <laughs> All right. Just Well, maybe it worked out. Let's do sorry. That's the, Let's, that's the dad Astra in me. Also, I love that it can be Ad Astra, Brad Astra, Dad Astra, Rad Astra. Uh, how many? What? Brad, Mad. Lad. Lad. No, not Lad Astra. Astra. A lot of Astras. Mad Astra. Sad Astra. Oh, yeah. Totally sad Astra. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sad this Astra. is why you're here, Tom. I'm glad you have your mic turned on now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, four stars for me. Me too. That's a, like a. Is there any a gimme, doubt? A gimme. To what? Give me four stars. 
what we it's five in. stars. It's fucking yeah. five stars. Didn't you pre-watch the set it's of five? It's a heavy five. Oh, of course I pre-watched Before it you five. saw the trailer, after you saw the trailer? Well, okay, so uh, I should clarify. Like, the trailer looked but, a little corny. Come on. James Gray, space drama, Brad Pitt. When they go to the moon and you get the, the gold on the, the face mask oh, when yeah. they're going across the lunar landscape. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Very good. <sighs> Out of control. Well, and some of the the like insides of the spaceship and stuff. Retro futurism. It's like a 2001 a Space yeah. Odyssey. Yeah. I mean, come on. This movie, the, everything it's a about this it's movie. A also, I, didn't, I did not say this during the review. Brad Pitt. His best performance of his career. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood earlier this <laughs> yeah, year? Yeah, bud. This movie, it's all, it's the most, no. one of the most subtle performances I've ever seen, but it's all. I'm more of a Meet Joe Black kind of guy. Because that's. <laughs> Tarantino did hit best. No, no. Yes. What Brad Pitt nails is New his one. stoicism. And what he just absolutely kills in this movie is the. Everything Who is does expressed. Who does better? The gauze? Or... Brad Pitt. Okay. Brad Pitt. Just had to get that on record. Just the eyes. Like, this whole performance is in his face. It's all face. He's like, this is the antith- antith- Jesus. Yeah, antithesis to Joaquin Phoenix's performance in Joker. It's literally all subtle facial tears examination it's it's all in the stoic beautiful face the chiseled face of brad pitt and it brought tears to my eyes his tears brought tears to these eyes that's what mel gibson does to me mel gibson is an anti-semite and a hack Brad Pitt is can a I, true American hero. <laughs> can I get Haley's experiences? On we are one scandal away. She didn't see Ad Astra oh, with me. I saw Ad Astra. Thank God. <laughs> just she probably would have rolled her eyes at you at least if you. <laughs> um, but Joker though she she dug yeah. Oh, she loved it. Yeah. Did you guys argue about Fucking it? Fucking sheep. No. <laughs> You didn't argue about it? You didn't? No, no, no. We, uh, she asked me what I thought, and I said... Listen to the podcast. <laughs> she said she's excited to listen to it, because she heard how passionate I got, and she was like... And I told her, I thought, Travis, I thought you would love it. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I've got to listen to this episode. Team Travis. This is huge. If you've made it this far into the episode, I hope you tell all your friends, because this is... This is Peak Cinephiles Digest. Peak Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 69, we're bringing it. This is this is our mile marker. This is it. This is our... Yeah, who cares about 100 when you hit 69? No, 69 right? is it. <laughs> it's what we're I all... I hope to die at 69. It's what I've been working toward my whole really? life. Really? Four years after you retire? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, why not? You retire, you blow all the money you saved, you live like a baller for four years, and then you, you know... Kick that, kick that bucket over. I don't know. I just want, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking about that time that somebody walks by my headstone and they see the dates, that birth date and the death date, and they do the calculation in their head and they they get 69 and they go, nice. <laughs> That's it. I mean. <laughs> I've never thought about it that way, but that's a perfect way to look at 69. Talk about... <laughs> 
going back to Joker, I hope my death makes more sense than my life. If you die when you're 69, you're golden. Yeah. Because you mean, can bring joy to people's can't lives. Can't argue that. My death can bring joy to people's <laughs> lives if I die at 69. Guess how old he was? 69. <laughs> It's just it's, that's all it takes. Just like oh, that's dude, all it he takes. He was a cool dude. That's it. <laughs> it's so easy. I mean, really, life is that's all life he is. It's life. so easy. <laughs> Live till sixty nine. <laughs> that's all it takes. You could be tied to a radiator and abused, but if you die when you're sixty nine, that's the golden age. You lived a life that's worth living. Age <laughs> Sarah agrees. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So that's Ad Astra. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to our uh, what we've been watching segment of the show. Uh, I'm gonna play the role of Travis this week because I actually watched quite a bit. I need to since we last recorded. Release. Release the beast. The main vein. <laughs> the main vein. Good alliteration. <laughs> um, I can go. I have. I think I have the most to talk about. Tom, I'm sure you saw like. You I saw two an things. Episode of TV, and you watch. I did watch some TV. A fucking Ken Burns doc or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go ahead while Travis is gone. Um, <laughs> let me knock out a couple things. All right. Uh, what did you see, Matt? Well, okay. So I'll save this for when Travis gets back. So I'm going to move on to the next one. But I watched a film called Official Secrets. Are you familiar at all? Sounds political. Very political. This is a whistleblower story featuring Kira Knightley. This is from the director of Eye in the Sky. Did you ever see that? With Helen Marin? Yeah. And uh, Aaron it. Paul. Just saw the trailer. It trailers. was, you know, like a sociopolitical thriller war movie type of thing. Like right? Jason Bourne without Jason Bourne. Yeah. It was more behind the scenes. Like this is the kind of shit that happens with drone warfare and bombing buildings where you don't necessarily know who all the occupants are and all that kind of stuff right Mm -hmm. so official secrets is about a whistleblower uh in the uk government during the bush administration where the bush administration was essentially trying to justify going to war no 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 you know you know what i'm talking about <laughs> travis is returning from his piss break but all i hear is the george bush administration. <laughs> <laughs> here we go matt with his political doc of the week no that's later that's later yeah. so uh, what are, catch me up just, just official secrets never heard of it yeah you caught you texted me you were like oh i saw you give five stars of this movie oh that movie here nightly the whistleblower gavin hood yes trash See, he was like, oh, it just doesn't seem interesting. This is one of, it's one of the best movies of the year. It's crazy talk. It's kind of the so opposite. Wait, 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 is it acted out? Keira Knightley portrays the yeah, whistleblower? Yeah, she's the whistleblower. Yeah. Okay. So. Did you so, see the whistleblower with the. Rachel Weisz? The girl? No. Mm. The girl. <laughs> I meant that as a compliment. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, I swear to God. The girl. She's, uh, she's well regarded in this circle. Rachel Weisz? Yeah. Yeah. We all love her. Yeah. yeah, I meant like. The so girl. show her some respect. The pumpkin has got me thinking <laughs> sideways. <laughs> Official secrets. Whistleblower story during the Bush administration. She is 
uh, an employee of like the the British equivalent of the National Security Agency, mm-hmm. and uh, basically the U.S. was trying to solicit help from the British government to basically blackmail uh, other members of the UN so that they could secure a vote to go to war, right? So it's about truth and whether you prioritize your loyalty to government or your loyalty to the people it was so it's like Sicario. It was riveting. <laughs> no, I would not. That's not the one that it, I would not compare this. This is on Netflix. Sicario. No, this is no. a new release in so theaters. Theater. Yeah, it came and went though. Yeah, no it came. It came and went pretty quick. But I was, I was, I pre-watched it out of four because I was like, you know, I've seen his last movie. It's not showy. Eye in the sky. This is the uh, yeah, Eye in the Sky. This is the opposite of Joker. It's not showy. <laughs> It's not showy at all. The antithesis of Joker. (laughs) It's not showy at all. Like Mm -hmm. the direction is wouldn't want that adequate. The score is adequate, but the the performances are really good. And it's just yeah. Why did you give this five stars? Why did you let it just? I was riveted the whole way through. I thought it was an important story, and it felt timely, just given what we're currently going through. Better than Spotlight. Riveting. Um, I think better than Spotlight, maybe not as effective as Spotlight. Because Spotlight is a little bit more, um, I think Spotlight tries to be realistic, but it's also a little bit more cinematic. So this one's not realistic? No, it's very, I feel like some could view that as a detriment. Like, it's trying to be too loyal to what actually happened, you know what I mean? Like, it's not showy, it's a very, like, no-nonsense sociopolitical thriller yeah and it's not going to blow your mind with it's not from like a presentation perspective right there's a little bit of that there is some like journalistic uh is this newspaper gonna break the story they're gonna track down sources you know there is some of that um and that's some of the stuff that i found most fascinating um kira knightley is really good did you go see this because it was a Gavin Hood vehicle, or no. I went and saw it with Paris. Actually, <laughs> nothing else better to see. Kind of, it was like a she wanted to see. I can't remember what it was, but she What's wanted to see again? something I'd already seen. Official Secrets. Right. She wanted to see something I had already seen, and I was looking at our options, and I was like, you know what? I haven't seen this. It's probably going to be good, but not great. It's a safe bet, right? And I was very pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Oh, he did Ender's Game too? Gavin Hood? Yeah. I didn't realize he did, um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Sotsi? Sotsi? Yeah, dude, that movie is rad. Have yeah, you seen no, that, that movie? is a good movie. It's really good. But I didn't realize he did that. I feel like I'm getting him mixed up with the guy who did, like, Warrior. Oh, I don't even know who that guy is. What has he done since Warrior? That's a good question. <laughs> so that guy's name is Gavin Hood. This guy's name is... Having good? Gavin O'Connor. Oh, so. that's the Gavin, the old Gavin. Yeah. What has that guy done? The accountant and Jane got a gun, that Natalie Portman Western that came out. Oh, I heard that ago. was actually pretty good. He's probably doing like TV stuff or something. Yeah. He also did Pride and Glory, which is Garbo. Not seen it. You think it might be good, but <laughs> it's not. 
Uh, that's official secrets. Uh, I was waiting for you to get back for this. Uh, I saw the goldfinch. I'm assuming I'm the only one. Yep. So we made a decision to not review the goldfinch, and instead we reviewed Hustlers. Uh, that was the right call. The goldfinch uh, was butt. Mm. Not as good as JLo's butt. No, it was. <laughs> it it felt it felt like a book report, like. <laughs> The movie is so, or not the movie. The book is very lush and like expansive. It's a visual cliff notes. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's literally what this movie felt like. And I feel Shot like it, by Robert, Roger Deakins though. It, it looked pretty good, but not good enough. Like not worth seeing for that reason alone. You know yeah. what I mean? It 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 seemed like. If I hadn't read the book, I would have a very hard time following what the fuck was going on in this movie. And ultimately, there were some things I liked, mostly because I think I could fill in the blank with a lot of the stuff because I had read the book. Very loyal to the source material, but just all over the all over the place and not effective because the characters, you spend so little time with them because there's just so many that none of them feel... Is lived it like in. burdened by plot or like what's the... The scenes are just so scattered. Like I feel like if I hadn't read the book, I would have a really hard time kind of following Is it just too big of a story? It's too big of a story. It's like an 800 page novel. And, and they, they try to cram it in two and a half hours. They don't rush the scenes that they pick, but they cherry pick specific scenes so that the distance between the scenes feels like too big. Like you just can't, it just feels really scattered and you're like, where are we? What are we doing? Why is this character feeling this way? Like they just try watching, try to cram. Ad Astra. (laughs) (laughs) Performances are totally whatever. Like Nicole Kidman's good. Ansel. Ansel's good. The kid version of Ansel's good. Like, Oh, uh, Finn Whitrock or whatever. He's, He sucks. Whitford? Is that what you said? It's Wolfhard. Oh, what did I... Whitrock? (laughs) He was not very good because he's putting on like a Russian accent. He sucked. Luke Wilson, you know, he's doing the Luke Wilson thing where he's like, you know, there. And that's about it. Uh, We made the right choice. You were excited for that one though. Oh yeah, the trailers. The first time I saw that trailer, I was all in. Looked amazing. Did not live up to that. First trailer good, second trailer bad, movie awful. Yes. Well, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would say awful. Not I good. feel like you guys might think it's awful because you haven't read the book. Mm-hmm. I felt like it I was For very disappointing. The, the reception it got and its runtime and me not having read the book, it just sounds like something I should not pursue. We made the right call. We made the right call on the little finch. Uh, somebody else can go. I don't really have much that I care to talk about. Mm. I saw Dances with Wolves. First time? No. Mm, I've I've probably seen seen it it. like 10 times. It sounds like... 10 times? I owned it. I saw it lots when I was a kid. Like young. I've seen it many, many times. This is in the 13th Warrior rotation? Yes. Gladiator? Uh, Gladiator was probably a a little little bit post 13th Warrior. Um, 13th Warrior... Was like pre Braveheart, yeah, uh, and then pre Gladiator, <laughs> yeah. Dances with the Wolves was in there. 
Is it as boring as I remember? So you mentioned internal internal uh, dialogue. Oh, during the Ad Astra review? <sighs> True, or uh, uh, Dance of the Wolves suffers greatly from Kevin Costner's reading aloud from his direction. own direction. <laughs> Does he just mansplain <laughs> the whole movie? No, no, no. He just, his, act, his actual reading aloud from the diary is so boring. It's so monotone. <laughs> like, Two Socks came to visit me today. <laughs> I've decided to name him Two Socks because of the white on his feet. <laughs> so he shouldn't do any audiobooks in the no, future? No. no. <laughs> uh, anyway, I watched it because Sarah hadn't seen it before. and mm. um, Four-hour movie, yeah? Three. Close. Three hours. We're, we're trying not to um, spend so much time picking a movie. Did you watch it in one sitting? No. Actually, we got down to <laughs> like the last 30 minutes. I didn't even watch the last 30 minutes. Sarah watched it in, during a midnight feeding and then recapped it for me. What do you think, Sarah? <laughs> Thumbs up? Thumbs down. It's it's not a terrible movie. How many stars? Is it a it? terrible movie? It was kind of bad. Mm. <laughs> I'd give it three stars because of its runtime. I, I did give it three stars. Like yeah, so long, it's, it's just it. like I'm over it. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, time doesn't that has no meaning in my life. <laughs> oh. So I feel like it would mean everything at this point. No, and watching a four-hour Kevin so Costner. <laughs> I'm awake. <laughs> I think it has a lot of charming moments. The Native Americans. Yeah, well, I saw that movie. Uh, it won Best Picture. People should watch it. Should no, watch it. why? No, why should they watch it? Give me one good reason why they should watch it. Uh, it's a cultural icon. Yeah, one Best Picture. So what? Every best Picture winner. No, right? you don't. If you're going to no, see a Kevin Costner movie, trash. you either need to see Dance of the Wolves or Waterworld. No, Bull Durham. No. Also not a great movie, but... No. Never heard of it, so no. Well, I just talked about it a couple weeks Kevin ago. Costner oh, you probably were. You were gone, right? When I talked about Bull Durham? I think so. Yeah, you were gone. You missed it. Baseball movie? I hate baseball movies, except for Moneyball. <laughs> what? It's a Brad Pitt. Oh, Moneyball is fantastic. Yeah, might be one of the best. 1993? Like 93, 94? Yeah. Yeah, I bet 93, 94, it's still every year. Important. Important. Yeah. That's all the cost does. It's butt. That movie's butt. Always hated it. Always will hate it. It's boring. It's long. What's better, that or Avatar? Well, Avatar, for sure. <laughs> At least Avatar that is entertaining. Avatar. Or Pocahontas. <laughs> Pocahontas. <laughs> I don't think I've ever... I've seen Pocahontas like once. Mm. Talking about the Disney one, right? Disney classic, yeah. <laughs> um, Dances with Wolves, huh? Yep. Of all the all the ways to spend your time, you settled on watching Dances with Wolves, huh? I spend my time how in many ways. This was just one of the three hour intervals. That Even I of all the three hour interval <laughs> intervals you could have chosen from, I mean, you could have watched any of the Lord of the Rings. Listen, movies. I've been trying to get Sarah to watch Jurassic Park for months and she won't do it so we had to watch dances with wolves right <laughs> it's true jurassic park is great i know and she's never seen it and she kind of like re- weirdly refuses she's so stubborn about it i think i've talked about this in the podcast before so i won't For belabor years. it <laughs> but <laughs> see, you know you gotta you gotta dig your heels in sometimes oh, this is news to me <laughs> what else did you see travis <clears throat> uh i'll talk about two things and two things only so I watched the comedy, 
starring um, Tim Heidecker. And Eric, Heidecker. Eric um, War. Estrada. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was okay. I know a lot of, or some people rave about this thinking it's great, but it was kind of uncomfortable to watch at times and kind of uncomfortable, pretty uncomfortable yeah. at times. Um, <laughs> and also just like, I, I liked what it was going for, but I felt like the execution wasn't quite there. Like it was, it was maybe trying to be relatable, but then at the same time, just going like way too far and out there where it just, Kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. But there are two pretty funny moments or sequences. One is the taxi cab sequence when he's asking the taxi to play hip hop music. And then he does a pretty good Nick Nolte impression. But that's like right before there's like a really awkward, weird scene. And so it kind of took away from it a bit. Um, Yeah. And then it tries to do something you know, meaningful with the ending and I didn't quite buy it. Mm. And then I also watched uh Daddy Long Legs, which is the Safty Brothers movie prior to Heaven Knows What. So two prior to Good Time. You're digging deep. I know. You're and, but I'd only dig this deep for certain filmmakers. You're trying to find those uncut gems, <laughs> cut into them and discover what's at their core. Diamonds You're trying to the, understand uh, the Softy Brothers. This one it definitely feels like a like an exercise, you know, like just trying to make something. It's very low budget. That's what you said about Heaven Knows What, and then you saw Good Time, and then you went back and you were like, oh, man. This... No, no, no. <laughs> On a first watch, Heaven Knows hit, What. second time, uh, Heaven oh, Knows man. What is a cut above <laughs> Daddy Long Legs. <laughs> Daddy Long Legs. It was good for what it was, but it's... A little too low budget. I'm for my I'm liking. hearing the softy bump in your voice. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a trap. It was a bad movie, but you're like, oh, I see. You know, this no, is no, no, the no. origins of the softy brothers. How do you brothers, how do you, you rate a movie that has like probably a less than like fifty thousand dollar budget? You know, it's like poorly. You just gotta. You uh, gotta Halloween was made on like a hundred thousand okay, dollar budget, and it's one of the best movies ever it's made. A different time. It's a different time. <laughs> you know. I don't know. I'm sure that movie was made for very little money. Mm. So you got to, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Mm. But it was okay. It, if you went to a college, just like a, I'm just going to go to a student film festival and you saw that movie, you would be like, oh, yeah, this is but. <laughs> but because it's the Softy Brothers, you know, they I'll made give it, a pass. it. You're like, yeah. oh, I could, this is the, you could see the beginning of their evolution into who That's they would fair. eventually three become as filmmakers. I gave it three and a half. Three and a half? What are you trying to do? Mm. Oh, it comes at night? Mm, lock screen. I had to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're using a, it comes at night lock screen? Yeah, it's is this, sick. Are you hyping yourself up for waves or? <laughs> Oh, dude, well, take a look at my lock screen. Wait, who's directing Waves? Tradward Schultz. Uh. <laughs> Almost the same thing. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, dude, Waves is going to knock out. Oh, the trailer. I'm, I'm no, pre-watching. Okay. I'm pre-watching. No, I'll watch it on my own time. <laughs> You're going to call him Trayward. <laughs> Trayward Schultz. He fucking killed <laughs> I'm, I'm. It's good. It's got uh, Sterling K. Brown. Oh, yeah. And um, it's in Florida. It's going to be an emotional roller coaster. Whatever his jawline is, like stupid. <laughs> Sterling K. Brown's jawline. 
Is that who you're talking about? I can't get that line out of my head. It's from it's from Bojack Horseman. His jawline is stupid. Do you remember? That sounds like something Bojack would no, say. No, Bojack picks up um, picks up his sister, his half sister. Oh, you're that far into the show. I finished. Oh, did I tell you? Are you I'm, current I'm th- now? Yeah, I'm current. Oh. Anyway, he picks her up in the airport, and and he's like, "Who's this? Who's this kid you keep talking about?" He's he sounds like you're into him. She's like, what? No, his jawline's like stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did watch one other thing. I watched uh, Super Size Me 2. I think. Oh, I forgot that was even a thing. What is it? What does he do? He eats. He uh, opens his own fast food restaurant. And? So that's the, the premise, really? basically. But So it, it mainly deals with like. Him trying to like debunk Poison people. No, like he's he's upset with how fast food restaurants are trying to like sell that they're healthier, but they really aren't. And so he's like digging into that, and he's making his own restaurant. And so he makes his own like chicken sandwich restaurant, and he puts all these like fancy labels on it that like make it sound healthier than it actually is. But he's like transparent about it. And that's like his whole thing that he's going for. So it's like he's not necessarily selling a, a healthy fast food, but he's selling a healthier one. But he's also being like transparent about it. And then it also gets into like chicken farming and like the the politics that are involved with that. And just like just like how we produce food and chicken in the U.S. And But it was actually pretty good. Interesting. I had um, Chick Fil A for the very first time last week. What do you think? You homophobe, you. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, except they don't put sauce on the sandwich. Like yeah, I get it on the side. Oh yeah, and I didn't know that, so I like used all my sauce up on the waffle fries, and then I had to put bummer. Oh, those the chickens, whatever those waffle fries though. Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I refuse to eat a Chick Fil A, just you know, because I'm a decent human being, but. <laughs> Uh, were they mentioned? They know what's uh, going on. I feel like the they farming. were. Yeah, because he, he like he goes back to McDonald's. Of course, he like they're all baptized before they're murdered, right? Those chickens. <laughs> no, <laughs> every uh, cow is assigned a priest. Yeah, do a whole ceremony. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize there were so many like, or there chickens? was like a hierarchy of chicken farmery. What do you mean? Of oh yeah, you got your free rangers. Like big chicken, it's like a thing. It's like there's big everything. I know, but he focuses on big chicken, and it's kind of fascinating. So like who they have these, at the top? The, Tyson. Well, yeah, Tyson's a huge one, but they have like no, no, no. I mean, like who's who treats their chickens the best? The best? No one. Oh. Well, it's like your your very small, <laughs> sca- yeah, your organic, like your your like your free range, hundred and thirty dollar chicken, <laughs> free range yeah. and cage free, like sounds better than it actually is, it's, and like all natural, is, or like the word like local means a lot less than you think. Yeah, so it's like that's a local, a, a good portion, United States, <laughs> a good portion of the documentaries, like just like showing that like. Those like kind of buzzwords don't actually mean anything. It's all semantics. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're treating these animals horribly and they're murdered horribly so that we can eat them. Yeah. Yeah, but meat would be so but expensive. It's, it's entertaining and I felt like I learned a good amount of stuff about the the fast food industry and you know the the chicken industry. So it was 
It was definitely worth a watch. If you like the first Super Size Me, I feel like you did. Oh, I love the, the first Super Size Me. <laughs> did yeah. you guys watch Super High yeah. Me? Yeah. I did. <laughs> Not it's, it's stupid. It's, but it's fun. You know. <laughs> it is funny, though, when he goes back to McDonald's and he like, takes a bite of the chicken sandwich. He's like, oh, my God, this is like PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, he wears one of the... like. He takes a bite of the Burger King chicken sandwich and then he ends up realizing that it's hollow and he puts it on like it's like a, a mitten. And he's like, you shouldn't be able to do this with it. You're talking breast. about Super, super Size Me 2. Yeah. Okay. Not Super Me. You pivoted pretty quickly. I know. From that I know. and that. Yeah. <laughs> I got it though. I got it. <laughs> Sounds like something that could be in Super Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuffing his hand so in, a, in the chicken. I was like, I didn't think it was the same guy. <laughs> It absolutely could be. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Is that really all you got? I, I watched some other stuff, but I don't really have much to say. Well, I got... Let me let me roll through some stuff. You you could say, you know, maybe we'll have some time for some other stuff, but I got I got quite a bit going. I'm we might quite not, a bit. Travis, just I'm just going to roll through this. <laughs> Speed Ram. The Beach Bum. Uh-huh. I'm not going to give her the time of day. It was trash. Harmony Current is Better a hack. Joker, though. Was it fun? No, not better than Joker. No, you said earlier it was better no, than Joker. No, 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 no. no he said he didn't hate I it I said, much. yes. I said it's not the worst movie of the year, but, but it's the movie I hate the most. You the ranked... The Beach Bum is a worst... The Beach Bum will be lower on my end of year okay. list than the Joker. Okay. But I hate the Joker more because the Beach Bum is nothing. It's nothing. Harmony right. Corinne's whole career is nothing. It's fucking bubblegum. And fucking drugs. That's his whole aesthetic. Is just was that a reference to Gummo Bubblegum? <laughs> is it this fucking guy? Like you're, Gummo I'm making I'm making well, innocuous re- like <laughs> statements, and you're like, oh, is that a reference to <laughs> Harmony Corinne's second feature Gummo with featuring Bubble? You're a fucking Harmony Corinne fanboy. <laughs> the Beast Bomb was horrible. I was bored out of my mind. Matthew McConaughey is so stu- talk about laughs. Joaquin Phoenix's laugh in Joker miles and miles better than Matthew yeah. McConaughey's laugh as yeah. moon dog or whatever the Beach fuck. Beach is pretty dumb. It was horrible. Not as bad as, um, trash. Humpers. What's that? Fuck. Yeah. Trash. It's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I try to, it's I have like a PTSD thing with that movie where I just try not to think about it. But at least that movie was trying something different, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nobody speak. Trials of the Free Press. This oh, is okay. a movie I watched on Netflix. It's a documentary. Oh yeah, we got docs up the wazoo this week. Here we go. Uh, it was okay. It was a kind of about the Hulk Hogan sex tape uh lawsuit that mm. put Gawker out of business. Is this? The, the documentary about that or is there another one that focuses on i think too? there's maybe there's more than one but this Wait, is what's the, the name of it's called again nobody speak trials of the free press i think this is the one that did come out like a year or so ago or is it brand new it's a 2017 doc so i think this is the the hulk hogan scandal doc yeah yeah. I just said that. Well, I know, but I, <laughs> I asked if it was the like. Is there definitive. a different one? No, I didn't know, so I was asking. Oh, 
So it sounds like I don't it know. Was. It sounds like it was. <laughs> yeah, it I, is. As far as I know, it's the only one. Okay. It's super <laughs> scattered. Like it starts focused on the Hulk Hogan thing, and then it just turns into being a documentary about free speech, and it's just super scattered. And there are some interesting points it makes, especially when it's like honed in on the Hulk Hogan leaking of the sex tape, Gawker posting it. Uh, a multi-billionaire financing the prosecution, aka Hulk Hogan's, you know, whole case. It was mildly interesting, but it's just it's way too all over the place to be truly effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe worth a watch. Between two ferns, the movie. Uh, we had that on for like in the background for like twenty minutes. It's pretty funny when it's doing the Between Two Ferns thing. With Keanu, that was pretty good. All of the interviews are hilarious. When it try the parts where it tries to kind of tie everything into a movie were kind of stupid. Like the through line of them having to make ten interviews and bring the tapes to Will Ferrell, otherwise he's gonna cancel the show. Like all of that stuff was kind of a drag and not very interesting but all of like when you really get into the between two ferns like the interviews with like the paul rudd one is the best and the outtakes are amazing there's one with is the outtakes part of the film or is it like a separate thing you watch you see them during the credits Hmm. so you get to see like the, the the actors like breaking when they're doing the interviews the paul rudd one is hilarious because i want to see that usually Zach Galifianakis says a thing, and then his subjects like just start laughing. But with the Paul Rudd one, he like <laughs> says something in response to Zach Galifianakis, and Zach Galifianakis just starts cracking up. Paul Rudd is literally a perfect human being. Uh, no controversies. He's a beautiful man, ageless. He's the peak of the human race, honestly. Like, uh, it was fine. <laughs> It's pretty funny. Like I rated it like a three and a half. Like it did make me laugh, but it's. Were it's, you a big fan of the web series? Isn't that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it makes me laugh. Yeah, but like, did you watch all of them prior? Well, not all of, them, of not all of them, but I've seen. I feel like I've seen one or two, but I've never really like. I'm more of a. Uh, what's that? Hot ones. More of a hot ones guy. Oh, hot ones mm-hmm. is is more interesting to, to me. But anyway. If you're a fan of that type of comedy, the kind of mean-spirited, late-night spin type Super of thing, dry. interview thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very dry humor. It's pretty funny. There's some there's some funny lines, but it's a little too uneven for me to give it like a, reading, a ringing endorsement. Boom. Between Two Ferns. Late Night. Starring Mindy Kaling. Uh, I fell asleep during that. And Emma Thompson. It Kelsey was fun. and I it put it on the other night, and it was I was good. just like... Not interested. I'm going to catch up on some Z's. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this sometime when you're at work. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was fine. The parts I, I woke up for, I was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan it. of Mindy Kaling. <laughs> like, I think her comedy is kind of annoying. Hey, wasn't she one of the writers on The Office? Yeah. And I didn't, I thought her episodes were... I thought her jokes were trash. I could tell which ones were hers, and they sucked. In The Office, no. right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I could totally tell. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was it was decent i enjoyed it like there's some decent commentary involving uh you know women in late night breaking through that barrier but it's also a little too conventional like it tries to have that like 
kind of love story under the surface. They get together in the end type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been better. It, it's totally worth watching, but Emma Thompson is great in it. She plays like the aging late night host who is kind of irrelevant and she's getting pushed out of the network. She's, she's Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. Yes. Great. She's going for that kind of like the, just the mean bitch, like, you know, focused on her work at the expense of her employee employees type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was good. Not great. Uh, Clue of the 1980s. Mm. Better than Midnight on the Orient Express. What? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Murder on the Orient that Express. One. What I said, Midnight? Midnight on the Orient Express. Uh, I have not when seen the... When the clock strikes 12. <laughs> I have not seen the original or the remake. Okay. Um, It's very slapsticky, but pretty funny. Like there's a lot of is that good what it's bits. going for? Comedy? Oh, it's very much like a like an airplane esque. It's Steve Martin thriller? slapsticky. <laughs> no, Tim Curry. Oh, Tim Curry plays. Tim Curry honestly carries the movie. Mm-hmm. There's lots of like like Christopher Lloyd is in it. Uh, he he's Doc in Back to the but Future. But it's like a thriller mystery too, right? Kind of, but mostly it's comedy? super goofy. Oh, it's very much comedy focused. You know, Clue is about like who it's a who done it, right? Yeah. And the movie does kind of tie into the game where it's like every character is given at the beginning like uh, a wrench, uh, a gun, uh, a rope. You know what I mean? It, it, it kind of plays with Did that. Did you watch but... this to psych yourself up for Knives Out? No. Although that movie does look <laughs> amazing. I'm pretty hyped for it. Um, there are some good bits. It's pretty funny, but by the end of it, it gets a little repetitive. Like Without spoiling it. The movie does like a Wayne's World esque thing where it like does an ending and it's like, you know, let's see the Scooby Doo ending. You know, and it moves like there's three endings to Clue, and the whole marketing gimmick was that you would go see Clue and it would have one of the endings and you would have to go see the movie like multiple times to see all three endings. That's stupid, but also kind of smart. Yes. Well, the 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 (laughs) the home video release thing does all three of the endings, right? So one of the endings is pretty clever, one is fine, and one is really stupid. And it takes up a lot of time at the end of the movie. So like it was kind of a slog getting through the end of it. But it's a cult movie for a reason. Like it's it's pretty funny. Uh Tim Curry is awesome in it. Uh I was pleasantly surprised by it. It's not one of my favorites by any means. Like a lot of people really fucking love Clue. But it made me laugh. Uh, it's a little, it's very eighties in that there's a lot of humor where it's like the guy is staring at a woman's tits and it's like, you know, the male gaze, Classic. like, Oh, like, Ooh, I was looking at her boobies type of thing, you know? <laughs> um, so it's very much of its time in that sense, but most of the humor is dumb, but clever. Mm. All right. And I enjoyed it. I gave it a four out of five. I liked it more than I thought I would. Well, uh, speaking of men looking at women's boobies, there's a new season of Big Mouth. I'm a couple episodes in. I think we're one episode in. Okay. Did you? Had you we already did watch watched the Valentine's? The Valentine's yes, we okay. did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Love that show. It's so funny. Can't get enough. That Keep I think that show might have the best joke 
per minute mm-hmm. ratio. Jokes per capita. It's every <laughs> everything is a joke in that movie. It's so funny. I love that show. Yeah, Haley and I are like I think four episodes in. Mm. You you watch Big Mouth, right, Travis? I watched like half of season one. <laughs> Chelsea bailed out. It's I need to go back on my own. Hilarious. Um, better than BoJack? No. Okay. Funnier than so BoJack. So if I were to, it's watch funnier one, than BoJack. Which one would you recommend to to you Juan. specifically? Probably Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Okay. I love Big Mouth. I would probably <laughs> Big Mouth. I would take over Bojack. I would not in a million years. Okay, but not in a million years. Actually, though. man, that's tough. Bojack is really you're finished, right, dude? It's a really fucking good. The it's eulogy funny, episode blew my mind. Yeah, <sighs> it's a, an amazing show. It's not just a funny show; like it's legitimately amazing. Yeah, it's like a full on drama at this point. Yeah. Okay. But I would say, Travis, I think you would enjoy <laughs> Big, Big Mouth. Big Mouth is so good. It's re- it, yeah. You just need to like adjust to the level of indecency. It's very crude. And once you do, you're I on it 100%. Just think no, back to everything that you thought but didn't say when you were 13, and that's the movie. It's, or that's the show. Yeah, it's like South Park, but more consistently funny and more politically correct, even though it's incredibly vulgar. Sarah just texted me one minute ago. Um, I fucking love Clue. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, see? So Someone got gets another, it. You've got another vote. And I love Tim Curry because of his performance as Long John Silver in Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, I thought you were wow, going to say as the, the receptionist in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I didn't see it. What? What? Also, never saw the you full haven't... Home Alone 1. I only saw bits and pieces while what? it was on TV. <laughs> Sorry. How is this the child? first? How was this I the have, first time it's come I've up on this show? Lo- I missed basically everything that came out childhood? in the eighties. I didn't see the only eighties <laughs> movie. movies. I, oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, I saw Short Circuit whenever that came out. Short Circuits and Willow. It's like late eighties. It was dope. <laughs> I did see Willow <laughs> many, many a time. <laughs> I didn't have it recorded, unfortunately. But if it was on, uh, that was my cousin's movie, and we used to always give Willow. Yeah, Willow was the best. Um, okay. I'm going to go. Do it. Um, I saw most of In the Tall Grass. And? I got about 20 minutes left. It is not good. I don't think I'm going to finish it. So I made the right call bailing out 10 minutes in? Yeah. And I think it really suffers it was from like, the fact that you have to look at people in tall grass for like 85% of the movie. And yeah. it's like the same scenery always, always, always. It's and it's just not interesting enough. The characters are not interesting. The, uh, the performances are bad i think not i'm bad but just like nothing yeah the the main couple it's no gerald's game like i was <laughs> i was out pretty quick yeah they're not a couple they're brother and sister oh yeah do you learn that later or yeah and it sort of comes back around mm. as like a weird thing. I was... <laughs> bring me up to speed on this like i only ever heard about this movie like literally from twitter this morning oh just what, what the is movie this? is yeah what so is it? it was a stephen king novella didn't really? he write it with his son or something like that joe uh-huh. hill yeah. Um, okay. Movie opens. <laughs> a, a, a man and a woman. Woman's pregnant. They're driving through across the country. They're headed to San Diego. They stop because she has nausea. And then she hears a little boy calling from this really tall. It looks like corn, but it's not. It's just tall grass. It like goes up probably six feet, yeah. six and a half feet maybe. And um, so they go in there. And then you realize that 
everyone who's in the grass, they can never find their way out and things move. Like once you get separated, you'll hear somebody yelling and you'll go to them and then they'll be, you'll hear them from the other direction. And, uh, so, and then it becomes like a circular time thing. So all these people who have been in the grass were called in by each other in some way. It's like the shimmer. The shimmer. Oh, from annihilation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not like the shimmer. I thought you were saying the shining from no the shining. <laughs> um, and then there is um, a presence a that I won't. Wilson I won't presence. No. I won't uh, <laughs> spoil. But it somehow is sinister. Hmm. Hmm. So they have to find their way out. But don't watch it though. No. No, there's not. It's not scary, and it's not really that interesting. Ten minutes in, I was out. I was like, "This is Netflix VOD trash." Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Okay. The writing on the wall. I'm out. Well, now I know. But was directed by Vincenzo Natale. Oh, yeah. You said that earlier. I don't know what that I is. I mean, he's made a lot of like genre movies. Have you ever seen Cube? Cube's good. Low budget. So he actually did Cube, or it's yes. comparable to Cube. It's similar to Cube, but he also did Cube. I don't know if I would call Cube a good movie, but I it's Cube it's an entertaining movie for sure. What are you gonna rack on its What's budget? Cube? Cube? It's a low budget, but I think it's pretty effective and interesting with what it, it does. It does a good job. Yeah, like it's it's low budget and doesn't have like great performances in it. But I think everything else is like. Is Cube the one something where it's like the definition of like a three star movie. <laughs> Cube is it's it's like a structure. It's similar to Saw, where people wake up. Yeah, yes, they wake yeah. up in a big trap yeah. puzzle, and it's yeah, a cube it is like where they have Saw. to move through rooms. It reminds me of. Like, I loved this movie when I saw it. Yeah, I think it's a good movie. Clearly, like it. Your star ratings, um, four and a half. <laughs> yeah, Matt gave it a two and a half. Man, Cube? That's too hard. Dude, that movie is not. No, it's great for what it is. You got Cube it. 2. Cube 2 is superior. Oh, maybe I've I never saw seen Cube it, 2. But... Who's in Cube 2? I don't is know who's in, it, in it. Ice Cube. Oh. Cuba Gooding Jr. Never mind. <laughs> um, I have uh, one other thing. I yeah. watched A Good Night Mommy. Oh, I love that! I feel movie. like there's two camps of this movie: I people who like love it that and movie. don't like it, and I'm in the don't like. Dude, it camp. that movie is so fucked up, and it's good. It's eerie and yeah. creepy. No, it's one of those movies that like it's totally contingent to its fucking. Wait, I saw reveal. I saw Good Night, Mommy. Right, I was thinking Eyes of Eyes of My Mother. Also a fantastic movie. I saw a Good Night. That's the one um, with the two boys. With the two boys. And the mother. Are they the same boys? Now that I think about it, are they the same boys as from um, uh, Big Little Lies? I don't think so. It's little blonde boys. Let's see what these They're not, right? douche rods are in. No, I think they've only been in this, and that's it. Um, the whole time I just felt kind of confused and bored by it. Not like confused, but just like, what is what is the point? What are we doing here? And then the twist happens. You're like, oh, and you're like, no, dumb. Sorry, nice try. I thought that movie Next. Was, was good. Mm. It's very spent creepy. way too much time in one location. The it's it's so it's like high tension. It, mm. it it's all it's all that movie on is the twist. Garbage. It's all on the twist. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. 
Yeah. It's pretty freaky. Without the twist, that movie's nothing. It tries to be something. But oh, it's a shoot, great twist. It's a coming. great twist. No. I actually don't remember the twist. The twist in high, in high Tension is fucking stupid because it just makes the rest of the movie make no sense. Yeah. But this one, also stupid for different reasons. <laughs> is this, wasn't this a foreign film? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it has that force majeure vibe. Can you uh, type in your address for me? Stark. What? Stark? Northern European vibes. So you didn't you didn't love you didn't love this Mm-mm, thing. Didn't like it. Mm. I think I rated it like two a, and a four. Half. Did you look it up? Yeah, I think you gave it a four. four? Yeah. Two and a half. That sounds about right. Four, four and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good night, mommy. Of course right. you'd fall for that ending. Oh, that movie's awesome. That ending's awesome. No. Didn't <laughs> didn't buy me, didn't win me over. Is that all you hey, got? I also started uh, Mad Men. I'm sure you've watched it. Oh, yeah. Ooh. You didn't watch it? Didn't no, I it? never watched it. How far are you? Almost through season one. Yeah. It's good so far. Yeah. It's an entertaining you gonna keep up with it? little... It kind of reminds me of Masters of Sex, but... It has really amazing moments. Yeah. It's got I, some good characters. I always had a hard time working myself up to start watching... Like when I was choosing what I wanted to watch, I was never like, oh, Mad Men. I think it's a pretty easy, entertaining watch, though, you know? Like, well, it's slow. You know, after like five seasons, you're like, Yeah, oh, I could God. see it getting a little samey. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it has one of the, it's a really good, it's a great show. It has a great final season and has one of the best final episodes mm. of a show ever. Allison Breeze in it. Elizabeth Moss mm-hmm. is in it. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You know Elizabeth Moss is in it? Mm-mm. She's. Peggy. Peggy, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even see the show. In it, I knew yeah. Ham was in it, and I knew Christina Hendricks was in it. Yes, but that's about it. Uh, amazing costumes. All of the scenes where they pull something out of the hat for an advertisement are great. Yeah. Um, there's one in particular with a uh, um, projector that's really good, and oh. I was just reminded, Sarah and I started watching The Crown. There's a character who's in both. That's what made mm. me think of it. Good show. Not interested. Not interested. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's um, all I really care to talk about. Yeah. All right. Let me. I got to fly through some shit. Last Flag Flying, one of the few Link Later films I have not seen. Star Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, Larry Fishburne. Uh, Steve Carell's great. Larry Fishburne's great. Brian Cranston's hamming it up. I'm convinced Brian Cranston's not as good of an actor as people make him out to be, except for Breaking Bad, because he's the perfect actor for that role with the tone of that show. Outside of that, he's a very hammy actor, and uh, I don't love him in other things I've seen him in, including this movie. But it is pretty minor link later. It deals with grief and patriotism and uh, all that kind of stuff. It's worth watching. Didn't love it. It was fine. It's kind of how I felt. Minor link later. You know, he's one of my favorite filmmakers, and this was just like a glad I watched it, but eh, type mm-hmm. of movie. Check, you know check what I mean? The box. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Uh, Ma from mm. earlier this year. Oh, yeah. Octavia Spencer. Not nearly as good as it could have been. It was pretty boring. Not as unhinged 
as it could have been. I don't think it was boring. I think it was kind of dumb, but maybe it was boring. very dumb. But I was also <laughs> bored through the first like forty-five minutes, and then when it kind of goes off the rails, it didn't go far enough off the rails. It was like a a crazy train that was like wobbling on the tracks as opposed to derailing. Like I would have loved if it had just gone like full bat shit. Well, like, one of the craziest moments is in the trailer too, which is kind of like yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I rated it a two and a half. I think the whole uh, backstory thing was like kind of weird too. Yeah. The motivation yeah. for the character motivation. is just not, it's not there. It, it was not a well thought out movie. But it does re- it do- doesn't it remind you of like an 80s slasher though? Like where they like have this flashback scene of like, this is why they did yes, it. Yes, yes, <laughs> totally. Oh, okay. And <laughs> Octavia Spencer is, is good in it. Like she is clearly having fun with the role. Like I see why she took this role because it's very different for her. Like she wasn't, she's not typecast. Yeah. You know what I mean? She has fun with it though. When yeah. She's like buying him booze and inviting him over and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you see there, it all in the trailer, mm-hmm. but there is some fun to be had, but overall it's not, a, not a good movie. Uh, I saw the curse of La Llorona. Did you? It's bad. Ah. I thought is it was going to be streaming. Good. No, uh, the reviews were bad. Box. Oh, okay. Yeah, reviews, reviews were bad. Really bad. But that scene with the car in the trailer was good. Yes, it was. Is it so, still good in the movie when you watch it? Did you see the nun? Yes. The nun has a scene that is scarier when than it gets anything. all dark. The scene in the nun where the uh, the priestesses or whatever are wearing the hoods and they do like the neck snap thing where you hear like the crack and there yeah. there's all the I thought that scene was pretty atmospheric and creepy nothing is as good as that scene but the curse of La Llorona is more consistent but still a bad movie I was never scared it's not it's all well done but it's very familiar and just not that interesting. It's very much those movies. A always, generic. They don't know how to do a climax in those movies. Well, The Conjuring is still amazing. Original Conjuring. Maybe I haven't seen that one. Original Conjuring. Come on. Maybe not. I get them all mixed up because of the fucking um, Annabelle thing. No, 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 not Annabelle. Insidious. Because I saw Insidious. So oh, Insidious. Know, they have the same guy. Insidious has Darth Maul in both. Oh, well, yeah, that doesn't help either. <laughs> yeah, Darth Maul. He's an Insidious. Yeah, that that ending of that movie is laughable. Yeah, it's horrible. Speaking of Patrick Wilson, how is he in uh, in Tall Grass? People are saying that's like the the one redeeming moment or he's, thing about he's it. Fine. Yeah. It's that movie's not good. Curse of La Llorona, uh, not good. Part of the James Wanaverse. Yeah, I was disappointed. <laughs> it was just very generic for the most part. All the scares are generic. It doesn't look bad, like aesthetically and budget wise. Um, however, I watched a movie last night called The Haunting in Connecticut. Hmm. Because Haley had a soft spot for it when she was younger. Is, and that, worth, is that that one movie? Let me see. We're doing like a, it's not in my diary, uh, but Haley and I are doing like a Halloween, like back and forth. Like we're going to take turns, like picking horror movies. So you're not doing all 31 days. Well, we're trying. That's the goal. Good luck. It's, it's the goal fun. is to see 31 horror movies in 31 days, but uh, it was really bad. And she admitted it doesn't hold up. 
But is that the one with the the kid who has the thing coming out of his mouth? Yeah, yeah, the ectoplasm thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, movie sucks. It was yeah. You rated it a two on Letterbox. Yeah. It was horrible. I would rate it like a one. It's very poorly I, made. I think this was like a a Netflix and chill watch for me before Netflix even existed. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's really bad. It's not scary. The editing is amateurish at best. The performances are horrible. It was bad. I almost fell asleep. I was so Perfect like, Netflix oh my God, this is bad. <laughs> Netflix and go to bed. Uh, not great. Texas Chainsaw Massacre kicked off October with that movie because oh, yeah. it was the 45th anniversary of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Pretty good. Amazing, but not perfect. It's not, you know, there's some pretty lame perfect shit. in its own. There's way. some pretty lame shit in that movie. Like what? Very lame. Like when that girl goes into the house and she trips into the room with all the bones. And then it's just like two minutes of her oh, like, ah! Ah! <laughs> for two minutes, just screaming, looking at bones. And then there's another thing later in the movie where Leatherface is chasing her through the forest. That's the best part. It's like three minutes of her just like screaming, running through a forest. That's the best part. It's no. However, the movie was way ahead of its time. Leatherface is a pretty creepy villain. It's not a masterpiece by any means, but uh, very good. Very good early. It's like a pre-Trash Humpers. It's one <laughs> of the <laughs> oldest movies that has actually unsettled me. I will say that. Before Trash Humpers. Chud. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. More like crud, am I right? Uh, the only redeeming factor about this movie is that it has two actors who would later appear in the Home Alone series. Donald you Trump. have Peter McAllister. <laughs> Peter McAllister, Kevin McAllister's dad. Can't remember the actor's name, and I'm not going to be bothered to look it up. He is the main character. Also, Daniel Stern, who plays the wet bandit that is not Joe Pesci. He is also a major character in Chud. Also, there's another guy who was in Home Alone 3. So, so there's literally Alone. three actors who appear in the future Home Alone franchise. The movie was horrible. It's boring. It's stupid. The character design of the monsters is pretty good. But the movie is trash. I don't understand why it's a cult classic. Dude, there's a Chud 2. Bud, yeah, Bud the Chud. Oh is the my subtitle. god! Oh, this also reminds me. This whole time, I want to give a quick. I want to give a quick shout out. There is a local podcast that's also produced in Seattle. Uh, Haley works with a guy named Christian, who also does a podcast. They are focused on uh, video games and sports, and it's just kind of a hangout chill podcast you know like they have a they have a beer of the week and they burp into the mic <laughs> they're killing it over there like, um it's fun you know if you're into video games and they sports, sound like uh, they play little brothers or something they they may i've only listened to one episode nah. uh but they do you know it's friends hanging out talking about stuff that's relevant to them. If you're into the same things that they're into, it's pretty fun. They're interesting dudes. Uh, the name of the podcast is Beefy Boys Bud Club. Look it up anywhere you Beefy can find Boys podcast. Bud Club. Beefy Boys Bud Club. Do you know what they're on? What platforms? Everything. 
I think Podbean is the actual place to host their podcast, but they're everywhere. They're on Spotify. They're on uh, locally produced podcasts. Um, I hope that I oh they spell boy with an I. B O I S, yeah, Good. beefy boys. I was worried. Uh, I'm hoping that I can appear on their show at some point in the new f- near future. They seem like they're fun guys to hang out with. You know what I mean? That I think they would get along well with us. So I want to give a quick shout out to their show. Um, I meant to do that way earlier in the podcast, but you saying that triggered that. Last thing I'm going to say: Arrival. I watched it after I watched Ad Astra. Arrival's a great movie. It's sad. It's thought-provoking. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Sorry, are we back on Ad Astra? I'm talking to Travis This was triggered. (laughs) I was triggered by Ad Astra Um, when I watched Arrival. I mean, of course. (laughs) They're pretty different movies. I I don't think they're going for the same. But you like them for the same reasons. No, I like them for different reasons. (laughs) But they're both good. For whatever reason, I felt like... I was compelled to watch Arrival after watching Ad Astra. Petty sci-fi dramas, boom. Yeah, that's what I mean. Boom. Give it to me. Pump it straight into my veins. It's a victory lap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still as good as it was back when it came out. Mm. That's all I got. That is going to do it for me. Anything else anybody wants to throw out before we wrap this up? No, I'm good. But what are we watching next? So, it's a good question. Not it's gonna right it's now. gonna depend on the timing because we're getting to the point of the year where things are trying to squeeze into Oscar season. So you have things where they have a limited release followed by a wide release a couple weeks down the road. Um, Pain and Glory is one that I'm really excited to see. However, I don't know when it's gonna start in our market. Remind me what that is. Pedro Almodovar. Uh, autobiographical uh, Antonio Banderas mm. stars in it. Mm. Uh, Dolomite is my name, starring Eddie Murphy. I've heard very good things about that. Who doesn't love Eddie Murphy? Gemini Man is coming out. Parasite, I'm very hyped for. I will not watch Gemini Man. No, Gemini Man looks like it looks butt. like Garbo. Um, something we can definitely talk about on the next show. You guys all saw Breaking Bad, right? Mm-hmm. El Camino mm-hmm. comes out next weekend. That's a movie, right? It's a Breaking Bad movie. So I feel like easy one for all of us to make time to see. You know what I mean? Oh, Looks dude, like The, the Lighthouse King is coming out on Netflix as well. The Lighthouse is going to be huge. We might have to wait. We might have to postpone. Except Again? Like <laughs> the King is going to be bad. The what? The King is going to be bad. Isn't it Two Kings? No, The King. What the fuck is The King? With, with T-Shell. Oh, the Netflix. The okay, David yeah, yeah, yeah. Showed... Did you guys see the trailer for The King's Man? Yeah, the prequel to Kingsman? Yeah, yeah. it looks kind of awesome. I didn't see it. No? No. How did you not see the same trailers that we saw? I did saw? see a trailer for Zombieland oh, Double Tap. Oh, oh, Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that comes out October 18th. Maleficent, yeah, Zombieland Double Tap. I don't know. What do you guys it, think of Doctor Sleep? Trailer's not selling me. Um, could be good. I like Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan, he's a hack. Like him, don't love him. He's not <laughs> a hack. Get out of here. He's, he's a Netflix boy <laughs> through and through. Well, up in the air, but I mean, at the very least, we'll probably make the time to see the Breaking Bad movie, right? 
Yeah, I thought about rewatching the series, but it's not going to happen. The whole series just to see one movie? It's not worth that. No. I'll just uh, do a I don't know. I just wrapped up season one. So. Of Breaking Bad? You've seen Breaking Bad, though. Yeah, I'm rewatching. Why? Because why not? All it's the TV amazing. shows in the world, why are you rewatching? Like, what do you think you're going to glean That's from That's one of the rewatch? best shows of all time. I don't man. really but remember the sh- last season that well. Uh, it's not a show like. It's not a show that you're gonna get a lot it's from like on a rewatch, Joker, right? I mean, it's like, like the on. Joker of TV shows. <laughs> I guess, like, <laughs> it's not that deep of a show. It's an incredible show, but like, what are you gonna get from a rewatch? Like, I just need to know it again. But don't you enjoy rewatching stuff that you like? <laughs> I don't, I don't have much of an interest in rewatching Breaking Bad. Mm. I don't know. I did start rewatching Breaking Bad season one yeah. a while back, but then I fell off again. Yeah. But man, when I was rewatching it, yeah. everything was connecting like over again, <laughs> yes. and I was like, "Oh my god, they were planting seeds from fucking episode yeah, one." I think yeah, yeah, way is how <laughs> how um uh how quickly they progress to the story. Like Tuco is in the show for like three episodes. Oh, it's literally just season one. That and the second half of season one. To me, it felt like forever that Tuco <laughs> was this huge looming villain. Oh no, it, He's slow, not, it quickly moves to... Yeah. I will forever G-boy. remember Tuco. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. Tuco, the guy in Training Day, the card the card table in Training Day where he's like, oh, you're gonna get your shit pushed in, bro. <laughs> like, isn't that him? Isn't that that guy? Uh, it's gotta be. <laughs> it's gotta be. I think it's that guy. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and call it there. Yeah. That's gonna be the end of this episode of Cinephiles <laughs> Digest. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks with some bullshit. Uh, you know, Breaking Bad and... Bullshit. Off, you know, <laughs> bullshits. Uh, who's that? That's that two- yeah, that's the shit pushed in guy. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm training day. That's the same guy. Same guy. I want to see. I want the Netflix shit pushed in bro universe f- series. <laughs> I want to see him in. It's everything. called Narcos. <laughs> uh, let's call there'll, it there. There'll be a training day series eventually. They already made a training day movie or a TV show. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, well. it got canceled after one season. There you go. <laughs> Uh, uh, Pil- Bill Paxton was in it, and then he died. <laughs> Bill Baxton. Yeah, Bill Baxton. Um, all right, that's gonna do it. Thank you, all everybody, right. for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye bye.